Hello and welcome back to the Fun Filter Podcast. Today I'm here with Sam. Hello. And Jordan. Hello. And this week we're kicking things off by talking about the Doctor Who trailer, which yes. at the time of recording came out three days ago? Two days ago? Yesterday. Yes. No, no uh, it came out so Saturday. It came out Saturday. We're recording on Monday, it came out Saturday. Yeah. Um, okay, so, George, at your... So, to, for anyone listening, mm. Sam, not really a Doctor Who fan in any way. Not at all, no. Um, me and George, a bit more of a, you know, following there. Yes, what's your... Because I've seen one or two episodes of the classic series, but my knowledge of Doctor Who really starts with New Who. What's your relationship to that? Um, what, are you, what are you laughing for? No, just New Who. It's called New Who. That's <laughs> what it's... Yeah. <laughs> That's okay. what it's called. Um, uh, well, okay, so I have a... I have a oh, the, the fan base is called Whovians. You really think they were going to come up with a better name for Whovians? Is fine. I don't mind that. I think they yeah. missed the trick there. They is should, it? Is they it... should have called themselves Hoovers, but you know, Hoovers. <laughs> is it? Um, is it because they suck? Yeah. Uh, sure. <laughs> wow. Come on. You, you can uh, a fandom three seconds into the podcast. that joke wasn't even planned. No, it wasn't. Uh, high all five, the Yeah. There you go. Um, all the other jokes are planned. Of course, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but that was so good. <laughs> I mean, like, it could only be... Um, I don't know. That's kind of, like... The first thing you think of when you think of a Hoover is sucking. So and, yet, like, and yet neither of you said it. Uh, is it... Because we're a part of the group that you're insulting! <laughs> That's why. Is it... Uh, is it new who, uh, as in like new metal? I think so. Yeah, it is. Yeah, so it's yeah. nu nu who. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so I mean, I have a slightly weird relationship with Doctor Who in that one of the classic Doctors is a family friend. That one being Peter Davison. Okay. So he like went to school with my uncle. Right. Okay. Um, and then my father ended up like painting and decorating. So I met right. him several times through him. I've met David Tennant and stuff like that. Okay. I was going to say yeah, because you met um, Tennant as well, don't you? Yeah. So I yeah. So I've met them. So c- partly because of that, I have seen I, I, I to, to like familiarise myself with his Doctor Who. Okay. I've watched quite a few of Peter Davison's. Just out of obligation, was it? No, not even obligation. It's just I know who this person is, but I, ha- I don't really know you as a doctor okay I'm, I'm gonna see like what your doctor was like okay and um, so I watched so I watched quite a few of his who was the seventh uh Sylvester McCoy yes I've seen quite a few of his as well yes. is he universally regarded as the worst um as someone that is Colin Baker I would have argued worst okay. I don't typically hear positive things about Colin Baker but also McCoy ha- came around at the time the show was losing all the okay. time so yeah. I think that didn't help I feel like recently for whatever reason it's come up in conversation on like other podcasts I've listened to or something and the joke is that everyone knows it's Sylvester McCoy I think oh okay but it might be somebody else okay yeah well, Tom, Tom Baker is regarded as the as best, the best. Yeah. Tom, Tom Baker is the best then you'll see he had Hartnell to start with yeah um Pertwee's third, but who's second? Uh, Troughton. Patrick Troughton. Patrick Troughton. Yeah. Um, yes, because then it's what his nephew's in one of them. Uh, he played, yeah. His someone... nephew's in the episode Midnight or whatever it is. Oh, yeah, no. I'm thinking of some I thought for some reason his nephew played him in uh, An Adventure in Space and Time, but I think that's just another actor right. entirely. I swear it's another Troughton, actually. I, swear, I feel like they've Yeah, got... yeah there's another Troughton in Doctor Who somewhere. I just yeah. can't quite remember what. Um, but yes, I, I've seen like the odd one of theirs. I've seen, I think three episodes of Tom Baker. Okay. Uh, I've seen the TV movie, which is Paul McGann. Yep. Um, but Colin, yeah, Colin Baker's the one I haven't really seen any of. Okay. Um, but he's also the only one I think where it was, whether it was actually that he got f- sacked um, or it's disputed because his exit is like, oh no, he's been poisoned. Here's someone else playing him for this. Oh, we've now got Sylvester McCoy. Right. Okay. It's something like that. Okay. Is Colin related to Tom? 
No. 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 Just okay. a coincidence. Interesting. Um, Interesting. But then, yes, as soon as... You, you have to go again. No. Okay. Hey, I mean, it's not, it's not interesting. Right. But well, that's why I, that's why I thought you were being like... You but know. That's, not, that's not the show's fault, is it? No. You know, yeah. But yeah, no. I was being sarcastic when I said yeah, interesting. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, but then, yes, uh, other than after that, then the whole of the new um, Eccleston yeah. onwards. I've seen, I think, every episode. Yeah, I've seen... I haven't seen the last three of Whitaker's uh, run. Because mm-hmm. at the time of recording, we're talking about the, episode, uh, the Series 12 trailer. So Series 11 is the last season to have happened. Yes. And Kablam was... I saw Resolution, which was the New Year's Day special, but I gave up after Kablam. But uh, I'm sure we'll get to all of this. Yes, I'm trying to remember which well, one Well, also, is. let's not ignore the fact that you're a raging misogynist. I, we're going to get to all of this, We're going to get to all of this. You knocking on my door, pissed off your face at three o'clock in the morning, going, if you got a cunt, you can't be the doctor. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know... I didn't. Don't look at me like that. I didn't. It didn't actually happen. I'm, it's believable, George. <laughs> oh, that's that's not promising, is it? One of your best mates is like, no, actually, I believe that you're a raging misogynist. Hey, it should be a nurse who we're thinking of. I mean, you know, I mean, we figured out that I like to sit around with a cup that says feminism is cancer. So yeah, but that's his mug, you know. If you own the mug, then you're okay. Yeah, I borrow it every time I'm in the house. Yeah, but it's funny, you know. <laughs> what, because feminism is cancer? Multiple levels of irony. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's actually get on to the trailer. Yeah. Yes. So for anyone listening who didn't watch any of Series 11... It's a girl now. <laughs> yes, it... It's a girl now. Yes, um, for the first time in the show. No, and technically not, but canonically speaking, it's the first yes. time in the show's history. Yes. Yeah. Um, but m- basically, the entire first series doesn't include any classic monster or alien, whatever you want to call it. Um, resolution aside. Yeah, re- yeah, resolution aside, yeah. which obviously has a Dalek in it. Mm. But yes, uh, it, the first series, it, you know, it focuses more on points of history. Mm. You know, or time periods, things like that. So you had like the episode with Rosa Parks. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so it, it, yes, it, it's an interesting series. It's interesting, yeah, from a purely historical perspective. Just like learning about that period. Yes, it's yes. interesting. Did you but, learn anything that you didn't already know? No. Okay. Let's see. But I then didn't again, know that much about Rosa Parks, other than like who she was. Yeah. So for for, for that point of view, interesting because then I kind of went, oh, I'm going to have a look and see how. When did to, we... to, to be fair, Rosa Parks did just do one good thing. There's nothing else that's interesting about it. <laughs> she did like okay. What can you tell me other than oh, she just there was this whole kerfuffle on a bus. Well, no, but that that's the point. Is that yeah? That that's what they they focus on the point on the bus. Yes. Yeah. Because yeah, that's all that's interesting about her. When did we learn about her in school? Um, what year was it? What how I old were we? Don't, well, so you learned about Rose Parks in school, did you? Because yeah. I took history, GCSE. They do different modules, don't they? I think the civil. Yeah. I think World War Two was one. Civil rights was another. Yeah, that's on, yeah. Yeah. So I guess like thirteen, we would have been. Okay. Maybe because. Um, yeah, I mean, you need to consider the possibility that there are younger people watching Doctor Who that don't know anything no, about and this Rosa no. Parks. So it, to them, it is genuinely a learning experience, I, which I, is fair enough, no, definitely. I, and I think with Whitaker going like going forward, I think that was an intention. I think they weren't, we're going to look at certain things because our audience is younger than it used to be. Yes. Um, firstly, um, irony doesn't really translate across airwaves, I don't think. Well, anyway. Yeah. So, what do you mean? I don't. I, d- I don't know much about Rosa Parks, but I imagine she is somewhat interesting outside of the bus thing. <laughs> but 
this brings it back. To, wasn't the original mandate of Doctor Who to be educational children's programming? It was, but then yeah. the second episode was the Daleks, and then it all just kind of went. Oh, out so the it was just the first episode. And the yeah. first episode was Cavemen, wasn't it? An Earthly Child, S- was Cavemen, something, something like that. Yeah, yeah. Right. And then the Daleks happened. Everyone loved the Daleks, and okay. then the show became more right. monster focused. Okay. okay. Yes. So yeah, so season eleven basically doesn't feature any of that until the Christmas no. New Year special. Or any, or any good monsters in general. No. No. Because um, the villain of the Rosa Parks episode is literally just a time-travelling racist. <laughs> That's literally okay. the All right. the thing yeah. of that episode. But, uh, you know, I think obviously the point being is that they were going for something different. So Yes, and in the, after Moffat, who was yeah. around for certainly longer than Russell, I don't know, like, in the pantheon of Doctor Who, like, whether he was around for a long period of time. I don't know about classics. Uh, in yeah, I think he does more than Mo- he did more than T. Davis did. Yeah, definitely did. Um, it's not that important. It's not, no, the point. Yeah. The, the only point I was going to make was that um, after Moffat, where his like his series very much became a very specific like Doctor Who was a very specific thing under him. Yes. So you're going to naturally want to not necessarily distance yourself, but just distinguish yourself from Moffat. Yes. And it seems the direction they went in is to make it a little less. Less serialized, less kind of character focused, and also just less. Yes, the whole yeah, the whole yeah. point of Whitaker's series is that every episode is a standalone. Yes, and it's less about the character of the Doctor and the like, her place in the universe and all this. It's just kind of like, oh, we're just going to travel time and space with some people and have a bit of fun. Yes, really. I, I will say throughout the series, whether you like it or not, I do think Bradley Walsh is very good. But he's the best thing about it. Generally, I, he's the best thing about it. Because so his his role is basically. Um, they're in a scene and Bradley Walsh goes I'm not being funny Doc but it's all a bit stupid isn't it right and that's okay. he's the best yeah. thing about it genuinely yeah because um, yeah when he was down in Cardiff filming for it mm. th- th- there was, obviously I, I'm pretty certain I've mentioned I work in a pub on this podcast before, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. but he came into the pub oh okay um, and there was Jim Bradley Walsh you know but I guarantee you, he was probably with other people who are in the show, and none of them. Yeah. <laughs> like he could have walked in with Jodie Whittaker, and I guarantee people would have been like, "He was, yeah, probably with the other companions." They didn't. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah we're like, oh, <laughs> oh, yes, them. Oh, that's cool. You know, so yeah, I, I think he, yeah, you're right. Okay. Yeah, I think by far the standout of the series. Yeah, and I think he will be again. Yes, I don't, I don't, I. This is the thing. I don't know how to do because we we we've said this is going to be about the trailer, and so far we haven't talked about the trailer. No, but we're building but, up by giving the context. Yeah, um, but also I just want to because we don't really talk about Doctor Who. I didn't know you were that sort of familiar with it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so now I'm just like, oh, ask him about this. Ask him about that. You know. Yeah. You should be too, Sam. This is your opportunity to learn things. I, well, but from Doctor Who. Yeah. Okay. What can I learn from Doctor Who? Eddie, what can he learn about? <laughs> what can he learn from Doctor Who? Don't look at statues. Okay. Well, <laughs> right. So when Jordan and I were in school, there was a competition to write an episode of Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. So we decided that we were going to do that. Yeah. Um, and so for a few weeks, I just kind of watched episodes at random, old episodes, newer episodes, just to get a feel for the show. Yeah. Um, so I, I have seen the odd episode and I haven't, I don't hate it. You know, mm. I, I didn't dislike particularly what I saw. There's something kind of... The ones I saw anyway, there's something reassuring about them in a way. Like BBC One, 7 o'clock. Ah, oh, this is comfortable and safe. Yeah. About yeah. some of those. So the one that always sticks in my mind for some reason is, I think it's a Tenant episode, where Ardlo Hanlon plays a cat. Gridlock, yeah. yeah. Um, that one, for some reason, like, st- sticks in my mind. Um, 
But so yeah, I, I don't dislike it, but everything I've heard about it, it just seems like a complete, well, clusterfuck, frankly. Yeah. And I don't think it would appeal to... I like things to be serialized, generally okay. speaking. And so the continuity of the show, and, you know, it's dealing in time travel, there are bound to be numerous flaws, and I, I just... It just seems like too much of a mess to... Okay. It's more of an institution than a TV show now. Yeah. I, I thought. Yes. Um, I just I, I'm past the age I think where I can be gripped by it now. I missed the boat. You know okay. I mean? Yeah. No. Okay. I can. I, I think particularly as I say, I think because they've aged it down. Yes. In, in terms of audience. So yeah. like, I don't know if either of you ever went to the Doctor Who experience. Yeah. Yeah. That was not really made for. I went to the ori- the original one that was in the um the Red Dragon Centre in Cardiff. I don't know oh, if you okay. were there. Well, for that. Uh, well, no. I went to wherever it is down the bay. Yeah. Well, it's not it's not there anymore. No, but. it's not there anymore. Initially, it was just like, um, I think there's a Five Guys there now. So it was like the size of like a takeaway <laughs> restaurant. But it was basically just like a room that they kind of divided down the middle. Yeah. And they just had like a couple of, you know, like when you get to the end of the interactive interactive experience, and it basically becomes a museum. Yes. It was basically just that. There was no interactive element. Oh, okay. Yes. But then but when the- they moved to their own building, they, like half the building was dedicated to this like walkthrough experience where like you go... You go in the TARDIS, you quote-unquote fly the TARDIS. Right. You land on Scarrow. Okay. And there's, like, Daleks, and then you have to escape through a room of weeping angels. Right. Then, yeah, that's very much a family kind of... Yes, it certainly yeah. wasn't dictated, I think, to our age. I think no. it was dictated to go, we've got a younger audience now. Yeah. You know, because I know for a fact, like, so my mother obviously used to watch it when mm. it was the old series. Yeah, my She's... parents introduced me to it when it came back. Um and they they put on a couple of like Pertwee episodes and like oh this is kind of the thing to expect and that's yeah. sort of what hooked me in. Um, but when she watched it, she said it you know as a younger child, she, you know it it was the show that went on that you were behind the sofa for as a younger yeah. child. For, right. Whereas obviously no, not now, <laughs> not in the slightest. Uh, Weeping Angels, I think. Yes, they, they would. They they have been a couple. Granted, I was younger because it came in back in two thousand and five, and I was yeah. like ten, I think, when the show came back. Yeah. So there were a couple of episodes that, that just legitimately scared me. Yes. The Weeping Angels being one. The other one being, um, I don't know if this is one of the episodes you saw, The Girl in the Fireplace. Right. Which oh, is, okay. Uh, there are like these... Madame de Pompadour. Madame de Pompadour. Basically, they go to the spaceship yeah. uh, in the 51st century that's kind of stranded in space. And right. there's a fireplace in it that links to the bedroom of a little girl from the 18th century. Okay. So the episode is sort of switching back and forth between them. Right. And the villain are these like clockwork droids. Right, and it's actually okay, a Steve yeah, Martin be, episode. Yeah, so to be fair, the clockwork droids, I can understand being scared. It's the scene where, uh, I think it's like the first or second time the Doctor goes through the fireplace, mm. and he notices that the clock on the mantelpiece is broken, right. but you can still hear ticking. Okay. And the thing is, those droids, they go into a room where there's a clock, they break the clock, so you can't hear the double ticking. Right. And then they kind of hide and sort of monitor you. Okay, yeah. And yeah, like when he looks under the bed and the droids there, that yeah. just freaked me out when I was a kid. Because for me... The Eccleston episode, which involves the gas masks during the war. That's another one, you yeah, know, that I think a lot of people... Again, and again, them. all three of the ones I think we've just talked about are all Moffat episodes. They're all Moffat before episodes. Before he became a showrunner. And that's the problem I had with Moffat, is that when he became showrunner, that's when I felt the quality of his stuff yes. went down. I think he was stretched too thin. Maybe, because he was doing Sherlock at the same yeah. time as well. Yeah. He knows, like, he has really good ideas, but I don't think he knows how to follow through with them. No, no. so he, he's a good, he writes good episodes. He writes good episodes, yeah. and he does good dialogue, like Capaldi's dialogue. Capaldi mm. doesn't have good writing No, there's in some general, very bad writing. But there's some really good it. speeches, and I think there's some very good momentary dialogue with Capaldi, yeah. and that's right. all Moffat. I would say, really, yeah. I think. I the, think Capaldi had a bit of input, but I don't yeah, know. Yeah, but the, I would say, with Capaldi, the episode where he has the speech, and they've got the doubles... Of the Zygon inversion. Yes. I think I've showed you that speech. It's about 
the, they've boiled war down to its bare essentials, which is basically yeah. two people hovering their hand over a box that will destroy the world. Yes, you have shown me that. Yeah. I would argue that is some of the best writing the series has had since it came it came back. Yeah. But in the entire Capaldi era, one speech, not really good enough. No. Okay. You have Heaven Sent as well, though. Okay, is, yes, true. Which is, uh, it's just Capaldi for 45 minutes. Yes, There's no it's, other it's characters. monologue, isn't it? Him, him, him trying to get through a wall. Yeah, he's kind of like in this lo- trapped in this location. He's right. trying to figure his way out, but there's no other characters. Uh, so it's, not, it's a showpiece. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay, so while there's some cursory familiarity with the older Doctor, mm-hmm. you're both quite intimately acquainted with Eccleston Plus. Yes. Eccleston okay. onwards, yes. Yes. My, I, I think... Matt Smith is probably my favourite so doctor. This is my question. Ten what, is mine. What Ten represents the peak and what represents the trough? Um, in terms of what? In terms of the show or in terms of the character? Um, I suppose it, ideally something that has that we're both are, are ticking nicely, but because okay. I've seen definitely the first Matt Smith episode, yeah, and I really liked that. That's my favourite episode. Of yeah, the show. see, yeah. that that I can I can completely agree. Yeah, I don't think it's my favourite episode of the... Oh, it isn't my favourite episode of the, mm. the modern series. Okay. But my problem was, is I for me, that was my favourite Matt Smith episode. Okay. Yeah, there's that moment, isn't it, where it shows all the previous incarnations of the Doctor yeah. and he says, so basically, you run. Yeah, he walks out of I thought the that, That's a great yeah. moment. Yeah. Yeah, he had the new yeah. he had the new outfit on, the bow tie, everything. Yeah. yeah. And you're like, basically, run. And out, yes, and out of the ones I saw, I know Tennant is considered generally to be the, the best modern Doctor. Popularities-wise, yeah, yeah he's definitely... Yeah. The, um, but I think Smith is my favourite that I saw. Yes. that Yeah, he's my favourite Doctor, and I think he's my favourite like version of the character, at least in mm. terms of the modern show. But Capaldi just doesn't put a foot wrong. The writer okay. just let him down. So, from my understanding, the Doctor is uh, is sort of like the Joker in the sense that each different actor it, they highlight a different shade of kind of what that character is. Yeah, that's fair enough. So, how do you summarize what each was kind of doing? Um, that that's part one. Okay. And part two would be, is that then further broken down into seasons where, like, yeah. where it's isolating kind of a, a question or... A, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because with Capaldi. Because in the previous series, he was kind of more, like, brooding, I guess. Mm. He asks the question in the second episode, but I think the through line of series eight is, am I a good man? Right. That's basically yeah. the question. The reason I brought that up is because, yeah, that's series eight. And yeah. then the series nine, for the first half, you don't see him. Yeah. And then his introduction to the series is... He, he, like, rides into a gladiatorial arena on the top of a tank playing an electric guitar. Right. So you're like, okay, okay. what's this about? <laughs> this isn't okay. the same guy. Yeah. Is that the answer to the question, who am I? <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm a rock god on a tank. Yeah. <laughs> Are you I not th- entertained? <laughs> <laughs> what's, the, what's the shit joke? It's like, oh, I thought you wanted an axe fight. Uh, Does he call a woman an axe wound or something? No, <laughs> Sam. Oh, and I'm a misogynist. <laughs> I asked if he was. <laughs> right. No, it's because the... He uh, can't be a misogynist now. They've made him a woman. He yeah. can be a self-hating woman. Oh, no. He can be a self-hating I would say she, she's definitely not. What <laughs> is the doctor? The doctor's pronoun, then? I'm not trying to be inflammatory here. Mm. Genuinely. I, 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 well, now, certainly now it's a they. It's they, is it? Okay. I use he by default, but that's just because... It's, it's, always, been, been, it's yeah. always been a man, yeah. so you're kind of used to saying he. Yeah. You yes. kind of need to make... We're still in the phase where you need to sort of make the effort to correct Say, yourself, yeah. you know. But yeah, okay. I, th- I think they've they're, they're going with now is they because they. it's it's the doctor. Yeah, it's yes. always the thing. It's yeah. the doctor. Okay, so what was Eccleston's um, general vibe? You've got punky, wasn't he? Kind of. Eccleston was. Um, you, you're familiar with the Time War, right? 
No. Okay. Basically, um, <laughs> well, okay, we've already brought the point. We've completely tangented off from talking <laughs> yeah, about yeah. the trailer to explain Doctor Who in its entirety. Yeah. Uh, the, time, the Time War, you know the Doctors from Gallifrey, right? I do know that. And you know there are Daleks. I know that. And you know they're from Scarrow. Now I do. And you know that the Daleks and the Time Lords hate each other. Yes. Okay. There's a Time War, mm-hmm. which doesn't just involve them, it involves no, like, it's, so it's, many yeah. different... But the two kind of major factions are the Daleks and the Time Lords. Okay. And they basically end up wiping each other out. Right. Gallifrey is... For the mo- for most of New Who, the story was that Gallifrey was destroyed during the Time War. Yeah. Scarrow, I think, was destroyed as well. Basically. Yeah. Although Scarrow turns up a couple of times. So does Gallifrey. Yeah, but they explain that. Scarrow just appears. They're yeah. just, we're just on Scarrow all of a sudden. What I think, because the, the idea being, I, th- I think with Scarrow was that whether it was destroyed or not, it wasn't where it was supposed to be in its orbital space. No, that's Gallifrey. Gallifrey's been displaced. It's displaced in space and time, right? Yeah, because, well, yeah, so with the Time War... Because they wreck on this, um, but we'll get to... Okay. Yeah, so with, with the Time War, basically, there isn't an end, so he gets frozen in time. I feel sick. <laughs> I feel so sick. Um, so the ti- yeah, the time was. Yeah, we haven't of- even got to the part where they rewrite all this during the series. Yeah, they they do this. Yeah, okay. yeah. Um, but yeah, so the, with the time war, it is basically that it's frozen in time. So at the point at which it's frozen, I think technically speaking, both still exist. Okay. Because um, when they do try to use Scaro in more episodes, like in the future, yeah, there's there there's certainly ones that I can remember where. They've gone back before the Time War. Oh, okay. So I feel like maybe that's their get out of jail free card. Is it the pilot where there's like a moment where they go to a moment during the Time War? Because it's the Daleks versus, I don't know, Classic Who, but there's like a race that the Daleks also fought during the Time War and they're getting killed by a Dalek. Right, when you say the Time War, what does that mean? It's what they called the war between the Daleks and the Doctor. Why is it a Time War? Why is it a Time War? Um, that's what it's called. I assume it took a very long time. It took a very long time to find okay, it. And it, uh, but I think because I time, time Lord, yeah, right. Because Time, time Lord, Lord to me also, suggests... I assume time was somehow used. As I'm gonna say, I'm thinking, I'm thinking end game when you say time war. Okay, Do you know what I mean that that sort of thing. Yes, but no, all, all no, the, well, this not yeah. Even all the pictures I've seen of the time war, it's basically just normal battlefield warfare, apocalyptic, so. apocalyptic yeah. scenarios and stuff. But I think that. I haven't read into it, but I think time was used to some capacity okay. as part of the fight. Okay. And also, yeah, time lords, so you know. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So, so, and they're a race, aren't they? They're not, they're, it's not a job. It's a no, race. No, it's a race. It's okay. a race, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it, Gallifrey is the planet where they're born and they're turn, basically turned into time lords. And they, yes. they're neither male nor female. They're just a different species that is kind of asexual. Um, no, I think they are gendered, but you can change your gender when you regenerate. Right, okay. Yeah, but it's not. Is it so much a choice, or is it... That's the thing, I've never been... Because the, 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 from what I gathered with the Master, when he becomes Missy, yeah. it's, well, I was done being a bloke. Well, there's, I, yeah. I assume that there must be an element of like a lucky dip to it, in terms of, right, I'm going to regenerate now, and we'll see what happens. Because yeah. Yeah. Bit, otherwise, are they choosing to not only be in this gender, but to look like that? Yeah. Well, they can change know, race as well. Oh, so, yeah, yeah. Um, because when Matt Smith regenerates... One of the first things he says is still not ginger because that's like a running yes. joke yeah. uh, about wanting to be ginger. Yeah. Um, so I, I, in terms of lucky dip, I suppose that's technically. The but right then thing. again, with Capaldi, Capaldi, there is an element of choice, isn't there? Because he knows that he's been, he's encountered the person he's become before. 
Basically, but I don't know if it's like a subconscious thing. Basically, whatever it probably I think was it's in, the, in, the old, in the olden days, it's now all over the place and a bit of a crock of shit. Yes. Yeah. Because <laughs> then they already broken the how many re- regenerations he got. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. he, he got some more. He's got some <laughs> The Time Lords <laughs> gave him some more. That's literally yeah, it. The yeah. writers gave him some more. <laughs> <laughs> literally, he's about to die, and then a crack opens up in the sky, and Chris more... Chibnall's head comes out. <laughs> <laughs> and he just goes, yeah, I retcon this. <laughs> Um, yeah. People thought. Well, people thought they were just going to ignore it, but I guess fair play to them for at least acknowledging yeah. that they're breaking the rules. Yeah. But um, yes, I'm, but I'm just interested because at some point we are definitely going to get to the point where he's used up the next cycle. Yeah, and we're going to have to do it again. That's the biggest problem for me. Yeah. Having not watched much of it, is that with that sort of stuff, time travel and sci-fi, mm. you're there's that school of thought where you're allowed to break one rule yeah but everything else has to make sense within that within that yeah. context yeah and it feels like you know they have no rules and the ones they do have they've just flagrantly yeah, yeah. tonight they've broken their yeah Moffat was terrible for that constantly breaking like I think at the end of his first series of showrunner the doctor is erased from all of space and time right the second end of the second series he dies it's weird um, because and shit like you that you know I say yeah. that like it's lack of serialization is a uh, is something that, that stops me from watching it. But at the same time, it feels like attempts to do that can only go wrong because I would say that when it's tried to serialize, that's when I think it's faulted. Yeah, because you, you're dealing with time travel. Yeah, and that there's no way that you can do that without fucking up. I don't think certainly not when you have fifty years of yeah, um, yeah. history that you have to acknowledge and yeah. sort of be a careful of. You know, and it's hard to really care about what's going to happen if it can if things can just be undone, erased, yeah. redone. Mm. So maybe it's better to but, just do it. Yeah, because this is the thing. Like if you're follow if you end up having to follow those rules, the Doctor can't visit 1920s Manhattan anymore, can he? No. Like there's things like that that you know a, a future showrunner might not even be aware of. Yeah. I will say, old seri- the old classic Doctor Who certainly did serialise more than this series does. Right. So I think it's Colin Baker has an entire series where he is on trial. I can't remember what the, like, the trial's about, but it's it, it, that in trial is an entire series. Right. Pertwee's okay. Earthbound, isn't he? Oh, uh, yeah, there, there, there is, I don't know if that counts as serialization, but he's, he doesn't um, have the TARDIS during that his run. Yeah, like they they've played with it at times, but yeah, certainly classic. Who was more serialized than this is? Now. Yeah, but I think the way it's done now, I think that's why it, because they're trying to do like the way they're trying to do different things. I just mm. think doesn't work. Yeah, like it did back then for whatever reason. Another thing is that I know you've got to mix kind of the light with the shade, and there there is a budget. But you get like these re- these epic I suppose episodes that are apocalyptic and all that stuff yeah. I mean, you just get episodes where it's Matt Smith playing football with James Corden <laughs> basically the, oh, that's part of the charm of Doctor Who that's what I'm saying yeah, it's anything like, could happen what, yeah but you know if I, uh, yeah happen, I know that's, yeah. that's yeah. your big problem with the show is that literally anything could literally happen literally anything yeah. could happen this is a, a I will. I do want to try and answer your question about what each doctor brought. Yes. To, what each actor brought to the doctor. Yeah. But before I do that, there's an article I saw saying that the first episode of series twelve is going to be the biggest episode the show has ever done. Meaning, I think in terms of scale and budget, right. it's going to be the okay. biggest episode the show has ever done. Yeah. Which doesn't. And, and it literally just consists of Jodie Whittaker taking a shit on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's like a really expensive. Shit. It's like really well done. Um, but no, but you stole our shit storm idea. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not enthused by the fact that it's going to be a big... Because even though the 11th, epi- the 11th hour is my favourite episode, mm. and I'm partial to stuff like Doomsday, 
I think the best episodes, certainly in New Who, are the, the really small ones. Midnight, Blink, Dark. Yeah. Where it's like one location and it's very character focused, yeah. you know? Blink is my favourite episode of the New Who. Yeah, I'm not surprised. It um, is a good episode, a really good episode. Yes. And in fact, on an occasion of meeting David Tennant, he asked said question. Oh, and right. I, t- I told him yeah. um, that it was my favourite episode. And his response was, so the one I'm basically not in. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yes, but it's well written. Yes. It's well done. Yeah. Um, and the, it's a more compelling story. Because in my opinion, I think it's also probably the best The Weeping Angels were written. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and, and I think there's something about the idea. So at some at some point in the future, I will discuss the fact that I the idea of wanting to write time travel at, right. at some point. Yeah. Um, but certainly... is it, Just to clarify, is Blink the episode and don't blink? Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Makes sense. Um, yeah. Also be careful, I might be picking up. I know, I'm clicking with my mouse. Yeah. And anyone who's heard me heard the unscrewing of a thing—that's me having a drink. Yeah. Um, I'm the only one actually fucking. You know, you don't you don't have a laptop or a drink. Yeah, for once. You have, you I, I'm aware that we're recording. You haven't, yes. you haven't dressed for the podcast, though. So you're in your work uniform. I came from work. <laughs> that's no I mean, you say that like we're dressed up. We're in hoodies and jeans or joggers. That's the, that's, that is the podcast uniform, isn't it? <laughs> hoodies and jogging trousers. Oh, it depends. I mean, I come in a shirt sometimes. I am going to start wearing a suit. I think. I decided that whenever I'm doing a podcast, I'm going to wear a suit, and whenever I'm doing a film, I'm going to wear a dressing gown. Yeah, I okay. that. To some, I'm that guy, you know. <laughs> but the, I mean, this is the thing: is genuinely speaking, I wear wear a shirt most of the time. Yeah, you know, so I look quite smart. Oh, cocky. <laughs> I look good in the shirt. Shut the fuck up. Um, but you know, because I wear a shirt. I quite like the idea of sitting down in a shirt and recording because I'm sat. I probably do that most of the time anyway, right. but without the recording part. Of it. Okay. So fair. You know, when it comes to this, like, show up in a hoodie. I'm like, ah, oh, I'm actually wearing a shirt today. Right. Um, so okay. yeah. Do you think you do better in a shirt? Do you think you would record a better podcast than a shirt? Possibly. Yeah. But they are supposed to give you this like boost, Ele- elevate you. Yeah. Yeah. Wearing smarter clothing. Well, let's always suits then for every podcast. Let's always suits. Nah. Why? <laughs> Right. Oh come on, we can't. No, we can't be <laughs> It's better than the people who, you know, oh let's go out tonight and let's all wear suits. It's better. Than oh, that. those people. Uh, yeah. I remember some of those nights. And I, I've done. You don't have to yeah. remember; they still happen. Yeah. Didn't you say that you um, blame Peaky Blinders for that? I, I blame Peaky Blinders for yes, for its um, popularity, I suppose. Mm. Okay. Because it, it doesn't just seem to be suits, it does also seem to be, you know, uh, die caps and, yeah. and like, waistcoats yeah, and, like, yeah. 20s vintage clothing. Yeah. Well, it has its own festival now, so... Does it? it there's, like a, there's, like, a Peaky Blinders. Well, because there was, like, a um, unofficial thing. Yeah. And so they responded by going, yeah, yeah, let's not do that. Okay. We'll do a proper one. Oh, okay. It's fine, you know? Yeah. It's fine. It's well, on... The show. But, yeah. Right. But it's on Netflix, isn't it? Is it on Netflix now? It is on Netflix, right? I can't remember. I thought it I don't was, actually know. I okay. thought it was on BBC. It is on BBC. I, I, yeah. I like, thought it was on BBC, but then once the series finished, it went on to Netflix. Maybe that's right. I thought that Basically, was people just assume that all the good shows are on Netflix because that's what they... Just they come home and that's what's there, basically. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. Um, yeah, back to Doctor Who. Yes. Okay. Uh, where were we exactly? I don't know. We were rambling again, weren't we? <laughs> yeah, as always. Yeah. Um, I will say, so you brought up the question of what does each actor bring? Yes. Um, I talked about Blink, so that we'd kind of finished right. that segment. Okay. Um, but in terms of what each actor brings, um, so yeah. The reason I brought up the Time War is because that's an invention of the new series, isn't it? 
Yes. I don't even think when McGowan yes, was because, about... Yes, no, because no, it's, it's done to explain how what happens between McGowan and Eccleston. Yes. And then they change it. They obviously add to it by inventing the War Doctor later on. Yes. Yeah. We'll the, fucking get to that as well. But um, are you even familiar with this? No. The War Doctor. No. Okay. So you know it's like... Oh, John Hurt. Yeah. Yes, I am. So you know there's like the 10th Doctor, the 11th Doctor there. There's the War Doctor just in the middle of which eight then, and nine, then, yeah, which then breaks the the, the amount which counts of gen- as a, which counts as a regeneration. Yes, but, it, but it's, apparently it's not like a proper Doctor. Like in the logic of the show, mm. the in Doctor the- is like, oh, that what I was that doesn't count. I wasn't really the Doctor when I was John Hurt. Why is it? Why is he called the Doctor? Why is it called? Why are they called the Doctor? Oh, fuck language! Oh. <laughs> you, can't, you can't say why are they the do- no? It, why? Why, why is? Why I'm gonna say it. Why is it the Doctor? I can't remember which Doctor said it, but I think the line was something like, "You choose your name on Gallifrey, and your name is a promise." Right. So I think it, it's so, the Master. So it, I think yeah. it's the, the Master trilogy where he says it. Okay, so the Doctor heals is the idea. Yes, and the right. Master dominates. That's right. why he's called the Master. That's why he's called the Doctor. Okay. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Um, I, I keep. We're, we're getting to the point where we're rambling so much. I am losing. Yeah. Right? What we say. What each yeah, yeah. actor brings to the role. Let's let's do that. Because okay. yeah, I was we'll say I feel we'll, like we were we'll talking about Eccleston being moody, and I feel like obviously part of, so part of Eccleston series is this is the broken man post time war. Yeah. Okay. Because I've only I don't think I've seen an Eccleston. Maybe I've seen the very first episode. Rose. Uh, Rose. Yeah. yeah. With the mannequins. Yeah. Okay. I probably have just by sheer odds. Yeah. But the thing I remember that I've seen mostly of Eccleston mm-hmm. since he left is him going. It's when he regenerates. He says, "You were great. You know what? So was I." Yeah, and that seemed to me to be that character, like a bit cocky and a bit. He I, is I, that, I think, I think that's the best thing he says. Yeah, he okay. is. He is a bit cocky, but I think that's coping mechanism for right because okay. he's fresh out of the time war, isn't he? Right. Yeah. Okay. okay. He's basically just like he's regenerated at the end of the war because he wears like a leather jacket, right? Yes, yes. black leather jacket, yeah, all yeah. black. Okay, so he's. Yeah. he's Gone emo. <laughs> no, no, I'd say Tennant's the emo one. Certainly towards okay. the end. Because that's the thing. Well, yeah, to, yeah, well, yeah. But Tennant's victory lap involves him basically being aware that he's going to die, so he goes around trying to change history. Yeah, um, and doing his own thing. Yeah. What's it mean that they're going to die though? I don't. I don't really know how that's anything to be mourned because they don't. It, they just literally change what they look like, right? Yeah, but it's Sh- also human, the human beings that they pick up along the way don't know that. No, no and also, just explain. If I said to you, right, listen, I'm gonna die, but I'm like, I'll come back. Just I'll look completely different. Yes, you'd be. It'd be weird. Yeah, but you, yeah, there'd I, be no I, reason to be upset. Do you know what I mean? It'd be. I think no one's gonna miss this. Is it Eccleston? <laughs> oh, I don't know. I don't know. You know, as, as a three, we, you know, we work quite well for this. So I think if some, suddenly you came back and you were, the, I'm out ahead of here. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> no, but if you came back and it was, ah, oh, he's Mr. Cool and Popular now, and everyone's like, ah, oh, fucking But it's just the thing, though, that, like, it, that wouldn't be the case. I would just come back looking different. No, it, right? no, I think um, I think it's Eccleston who says that, like, you're basically a different person as well. But, the, which, but which, not, it, though. No, it is kind of an excuse just to sort of, so that the actors don't ha- keep having to yeah, copy yeah. each other. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, the idea is that because regeneration will tra- will transform every cell in your body. Yeah, like you're, except you're that one time different. that David Tennant transforms it into his own hand because he doesn't want to. Let's let's not throw spanner <laughs> into the works here. He's he's not following us as it is. No, we can't no. talk about like the fact there's like two David Tennants running around. Well, uh, no, yeah. there's there is there's, no. it's, it's David Tennant and the clone David. Yeah, yeah, in a parallel universe, dumb man. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, do you know what? I, well, think, I like how you threw I, I in think, that detail. It's like, oh, it's parallel. Yeah, it's a parallel one. 
I feel, I, honestly, I it's feel... It's not three hands. doesn't matter. doesn't matter. <laughs> I think I know less than when you started. <laughs> um, more Which of you less I know than more. <laughs> <laughs> what each actor brings. Okay. So, yeah. Uh, Christopher Eccleston's fresh out of the time war. So, he has this kind of, like, cocky kind of demeanor. Right. But it's a coping mechanism right. for the fact that he's, like, deeply affected okay. by... So I think that's the main yeah. thrust of okay. him. Uh, David Tennant, in the beginning, he's quite, like, happy-go-lucky, <coughs> I think. He's quite, yeah. like, chipper. Right. But that goes towards the end of his run. He becomes very, like, angsty and right. kind of brooding almost. Yeah, right. it, like, he's, uh, I suppose, the way I think, he's lost people into that parallel world. Yeah, you and lose so, such people. Yeah, although the one thing with uh, the writing of Russell T. Davis to the writing of Stephen Moffat yes. is that T. Davis doesn't kill them. No, he never kills. He, right. ne- he never kills a companion. Whereas Moffat will kill you and then bring you back. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, sometimes there's a vision before you uh, regenerate. Am I right in thinking that? Where, so when... Oh, fucking hell. <laughs> where, when Matt Smith, when question. Matt Smith regenerates... Yes. And he's... Oh, like, he becomes the, the, young again, doesn't he? No, no, but it's not just that. It's that um, Karen Gillan like, reappears to in front of him in the TARDIS, doesn't she? Oh yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. That's that, all. That's all I'm pointing is, is he, the, right. Is that just creative license? That's just like the show doing a thing that it isn't really happening. Yes. Or is that explained in the logic of the show? No, it's just a. Ah, uh, he's seeing her as he's dying. Right. Okay. Fair yeah. Enough. That's all it is. Okay. Um, what was your question, Sam? Uh, am I right in thinking that Russell T. Davis was like really of the mind that this is for children? Or families, anyway. I think it was more family. Like family. He was, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was a family show. Yeah, he was like yeah. a family show. He yeah. wasn't trying to make it dark or mature or anything like that. No, it there's was... certainly elements of that. <clears throat> yeah. Um, yeah. Did you watch The Waters of Mars as part of your... You have to... I don't know about the titles, dude. Okay, there's uh, the Doctor... It's during, like, the end of David Tennant's run. Right. He goes to this planet. He, well, he, goes, no, he goes to Mars. Yes. And there's basically... Uh, there's some creature or infection in the water which basically turns them into zombies, effectively. Right. But the resolution of that episode is he goes into it and as soon as he figures out where he is, he knows that the entire crew of the space station is going to die. Right. Realising that he is the last Time Lord and thinking he can basically do whatever he wants, he decides, I'm going to rewrite history and I'm going to save you. Right. I think it's the captain. Well, a couple of people get saved, but it's Mm -hmm. the leader or the captain of that mission. Yeah. And she's supposed to be, it's like her death. like Her death prompts... Uh, kind of galvanizes the human race to travel into space. Right. And that begins human colonization across different planets. Right. And she then, figures this out. So why are you telling me this? No, but I'm telling you this because she. Generally speaking, the show is fam- it is like a family friendly thing, but this is like a darker. Right. Okay. Yeah, this, okay. this sort of. Uh, Shift like, in tone. Okay. Yeah, this solidifies kind of like the darker portion of David Tennant's run. Yes. Um, and that's the darker portions of his character. Right. So he's like completely like. He believes his own. Hype at this point. Right. It's like, I'm the doctor, I just saved you from dying. Right. Thank yeah. me. Right. Uh, uh, and, and then, then she he... goes inside her house and she kills herself. Right. Okay. Uh, yeah. And that's when the doctor realizes, oh shit, I've, I've gone too properly far. fucked up. Right. Yeah. I've okay. gone too far. I've gone too far. And then an ood shows up, but that is the Matt, Matt Smith. <laughs> Matt Smith. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Tenant yeah. is a bit like, you know, cheeky. Yeah. And it's like, it's very likable, very charismatic, but. Then he gets sad because yeah. people disappear. Yes. Okay. Like, he loses a lot during his run and also, yeah, he just ends up making all these kind of mistakes. Okay. Yeah. Matt Smith, the thing that always defined Matt Smith for me was just, he's just old at this point. I don't know if that you feel that at way. Least he starts very young. <laughs> he becomes very old. Yeah, it doesn't help that I think during Matt Smith, like he's canonically the doctor for like a few thousand years, isn't he? Yeah. David Tennant. Th- th- there is a break between series and when he comes back, it's like, 
He's gone from being like a thousand something years old to like three or something. Two thousand. And then yeah. he spends like six hundred right, okay. years on Christmas? Yeah, something yeah. like that. From a man who for whom pith is an ongoing struggle. Yes. I'm telling you, skip to the end. <laughs> Get okay. to the point. Right. What who is Matt Smith? Okay, Matt what? Smith. You're driving me fucking insane. <laughs> <laughs> Matt Smith, um He loses his rag quite easily, I think, Matt Smith does. Okay. Yeah, that's so, his thing. So Tennant is the guy who would never carry a gun, kind of thing. Right. Matt Smith does at one point have a gun and sh- shoots it at whatever he shoots yeah, it at. Yeah, that's. But he's he's more open to the violence. Okay. Yeah, he's he's kind of an angry doctor, okay. angry in like the like like guttural sense yeah, of the deep. word. Yeah, yeah deep like angry. I will inflict suffering upon you. Yeah, sure. But also, don't mess with me. Yes. Yeah. That's kind of his thing. Okay. But all, and but also he's very. They kind of contrast, don't they? Because Matt Smith can be very goofy at times. Right. Yeah. Much goofier than David Tennant. Okay. But that was kind of the thing I always liked about him, and I think the reason I like his Doctor so much is because I think there's like a scene in the what was the fiftieth called Day of the Doctor. Day of the Doctor. Where he's in like a prison cell and he's just like you know I'm two thousand years old I've seen so much and right. He doesn't say I'm sick of it, but it's something like, you know, I'm just sick of it all. He's tired, yeah. And even though he, Matt Smith is like in his mid-twenties, I think, when that was filmed, mm-hmm. you just feel like the age of that character. Right. And that's what I love about Matt Smith. That's why he's my favourite. Okay. Then Capaldi comes in. Yes. yes. And it's, it's just a grumpy Scotsman, basically. He's a okay. grumpy Scotsman that's teaching himself a lesson. Yes. Um, right. So that's why he's got the face. That's essentially all you really need to know about Capaldi. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Because the the problem is with Capaldi is that I don't feel like there's a consistent thing to his character. Am I a good man in series eight? And then series nine, he's kind of like a a grumpy, but kind of nice grandpa. Right. And then series 10, he's sort of like some, he's like a, the cool professor almost. Yeah. Yeah. That's the vibe I got was professorial from him. Okay. So then Jade Whittaker comes along. Yeah. uh, And she's just a bit of a weird Yorkshire woman. Yeah, she's okay. kind of kooky old. So, so okay. yeah, so like it's the first time it, it before it's kind of oh we're in London we're in Cardiff because she's Yorkshire it's oh Sheffield we're in Sheffield yeah right okay um, she builds a sonic screwdriver out of Sheffield steel yeah right and all that okay. shit um, okay so yeah so that's basically yes. all, all you need to know about that okay the trailer the trailer yeah okay so Finally. as we said if you you still listening at this point you will have heard <laughs> if we haven't scared um, you away yeah. you will have heard about I stopped listening <laughs> what series 11 had to offer so mm. the trailer has come out mm. uh, and we get a glimpse of the Cybermen yeah which we- seem to have, they seem to have <laughs> gone in what why are you laughing now no no they're just the, the pronunciation of that it, it makes it sound like a, you know like uh, Mari Cyberman <laughs> <laughs> Wait till we get on Zack Snyder. <laughs> okay. well, yeah, the right. pressure's on now if you oh. pronounce that correctly. Oh, Eddie. fucking hell. Uh, all I was going to say these, about... All these uh, Jewish faux pas. <laughs> <laughs> all I was going to say about the Cybermen um, was that they seem to have gone in the steampunk direction, which is where, what they did with the Dalek. Right. Yeah. Which... Yeah. I was going to ask you whether you think that Dalek design is a one-off, but fuck it. Let's just move on. Yeah. It's probably not. Yeah. Um, what are you doing? Um, that didn't work out as well as I wanted it to. I tried a no compilation. I thought it would just be people going, no! But it, it, there was context uh, I don't want. Okay, so we see the Cybermen. Yeah. Cybermen. We see the Jadoon, who are back for the first time. Yeah, you're, you're going to fucking mock the pronunciation of that, are you, Sam? Oh, what, Jadoon? Jadoon? I don't know how it's meant to be pronounced. Jadoon. 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 Yeah, genuinely, <laughs> okay. it's Jadoon. Okay. Um, they're back, and they're kind of like... How's Jadoon? Go on, Eddie. <laughs> they're like space police, basically. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, they're the. Oh, they um like uh, rhinos. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah, so there you go. rhino the, stuff. They're there back. They got, they, they got mohawks there. Um, because that's what is it? Yeah, that's what a cool show. Are they fatter rhinos? <laughs> oh god, they might. I don't know. I that's the government like, can punk like mohawk. Mo- yeah. Mo- it's, yeah. Jesus, Christ. I can imagine that happening. Um, I'm, I'm I'm still terrified. Stephen Fry is going to be a racist. I bet the the rhinos will represent AIDS or something. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, then we've got um, what's the name of the character that you brought up that Bra- we, we Bradley s- Walsh n- no uh, the the creature um, that hasn't been in since Ragnos. yeah so what looks like the Ragnos yeah pretty but, sure it's the Ragnos what, people seem to think it's the Ragnos what's the Ragnos Ragnos what's the Ragnos uh, they're basically um, spiders that consume um, just anything right okay um, they like humans yes Did Ar- you- Arachnos no, Rachnos. Oh, Rachnos, okay. Yeah. Did you see the... I think it was Catherine Tate's first okay, episode. So cr- the Christmas right. episode with Catherine Tate. I don't think so. Um, yeah. Um, she basically stops David Tennant from killing one. Oh, yeah, that's another like dark David Tennant episode. He's genocides the Rachnos, which is why I'm kind of surprised to see them back, but it's probably earlier in their lifespan. Yes. Right. They look slightly different. Yeah. Um, but they're, they're back... But then there's still the historical elements. So we've got Paris 1943. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. And then also Stephen Fry and Lenny Henry show up briefly because the BBC seems to be making a big deal of the fact they're playing supporting characters or at least guest characters. Yes. But we still don't know in what capacity they're showing up. No. It does. I, I, I'm expecting Stephen Fry's probably for the episode he'll be in. I reckon he'll be a big, big part of it. I think he's going to be like a prime minister, yeah, a, a historical prime minister or something. Yeah, we, I, I don't know who we would be because he's not Churchill. We've already got a Churchill. No, no, I don't know. But is is he in the Nazi in the nineteen forty three episode? No idea. Okay, yeah, it, it's not clear. From the very it. brief thing I saw, he, he was sitting behind a desk. Yeah, he was Stephen Fry. Yes. It looked like he was a prime minister or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, well, then, I mean, yeah, Lenny Henry in a car. Lenny yeah. in a car, in yeah, a looking back in a vineyard. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's looked like nothing to me. Mm. But I don't know. I don't. So. I don't. I don't know about you. I I don't think Doctor Who has ever had particularly great trailers. See, I th- no, I don't think it has. I think this is. I think this certainly makes the show look more appealing than the last series trailer did when the series 11 dropped yeah and the trailer came out and they made a point of saying that they weren't doing uh classic creatures and stuff like that yeah which uh, they backtracked on that mm. um i think this would advertised it a hell of a lot better okay but no it, generally speaking i would argue that doctor who is n- quite well famous for doing bad trailers okay i don't i don't think many are cut together to look Great. No, I've never really paid attention to the trailers. I like I always watch a trailer just for the release date when it comes to Doctor Who. Yeah. I've never really paid attention to the stuff that goes on in the trailer. It hasn't convinced me to finish Whitaker's currently only season, but I I'll give the first episode of this series a go. This is the thing. I don't think you would need to watch the rest of that series in order no, to I start don't, watching this. I don't need to. I know I don't need to because yeah. I, I I know what happens in those episodes. I know they're yeah. not like important in the grand scheme of things. No. All, but just all, to, all you really need to know is the monster that shows up in the first episode of Whitaker's Run yeah, shows make, up in the last. They make him like the big villain. And also there's a frog that... No, the, a universe takes the form of a frog. Is that uh, right? It's, yeah, that's just... It's, <laughs> <laughs> Not not great writing throughout, um, <laughs> but 
Uh, the one uh, one thing I will say is that the, towards the end of the trailer, the best thing about it is the frog is just like sitting on a chair, right? On yeah. A chair, yeah. Okay. It's like it's a. It, I've seen the image. It's like a white void with like a white chair in the middle, mm. and there's just a frog on the chair. Yeah. Okay. And it's just speaking to Jodie Whittaker. Right. And it's a universe or something, a a, a sentient universe, right? Something like that. Yeah. Okay. Um, or yeah. sentient timeline or dimension. I can't. I can't quite remember. <laughs> it's a frog. It's a frog. <laughs> yes. Um. But yeah, so towards the end of the trailer, because mm. it, it, by this point we got through two thirds of it, and there's not much else to say. But towards the end of it, she points out that something's coming. Jodie Whittaker points out something coming for her. Do you think that's um, them putting like threats and like basically any storytelling back into Doctor Who? Well, this is the thing. I, I don't know, but there has been plenty of rumours over the last year that she's going to step out after this series. I've heard that her and Chibnall, this will be their final... Apparently, this is going to be their final season. Yes. Which makes me wonder whether they are teasing her end already. Okay. Maybe. Because there are plenty of people who want to see rid of both of them. Yeah. So they're going, hey, watch this series. You want to see how she goes out? Right. Hate watching. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Because otherwise, the only thing that I can s- sense is that it's her character sensing that the Cybermen are coming. Yeah. And they're... Uh, they're, hardly, they're, they're not going to kill her. They haven't been away long enough to warrant that kind of, like, reveal, return, you know? No. one one Literally one of Capaldi's last episodes... His, yeah, his last ep- his last story, in minus the Christmas one, was the Cybermen. Yeah, yeah. And the Christmas one is set up one of the by be- that episode. The first half in particular, probably one of the best Cybermen stories they've done. Yes. Broadly speaking, I'd say. It's, yeah, because it's not the normal Cybermen, it's the other... It's the classic Cybermen. Yeah. And also it's tied to the companion. And, yeah. You know, blah, blah, blah. I, I can see Sam tuning out um, even further somehow. I'm trying. Yes. I'm trying. You're trying to tune out. Saying, no, to I'm trying fair, to listen. Okay. Yeah. Other than that... The trailer is pretty... Yeah, yeah it's a mere trailer anyway. Mm. And I don't think there's much more we can go through on Doctor Who without losing Sam to sleep. Yeah. my my <laughs> The only other thing I would ask yeah. is kind of your opinion of Series 11 broadly. I feel like it's something we have to touch, to touch on if you're going to talk about. It's all right. It's my opinion. Okay. It's nothing special. Right. It was interesting to see the direction they took because... They took a direction? It, it, in terms of... Taking it away from the classic monsters. Okay. So going, we want to introduce this. It's a woman. We want to do something different. We're going to look at stuff that's history, stuff that's huge. That isn't what you would usually expect from the show. Okay. Because it's just them traveling in time and space. Yeah. And it's trying to get them to focus, I think, a bit more on time rather than space. Right. So in that regard, interesting. But I think it has some of the worst writing of the modern, modern time. Uh, so in the first episode, uh, Jodie Whittaker doesn't have the TARDIS, basically. The, tar- the TARDIS is goes somewhere. Yeah, it's just a um, And then it turns out in the second episode, the ghost monument, which is on some random planet, is the TARDIS stuck in like a loop of time or whatever it is. Right. Uh, that, to me, was just a crock of shit. Okay. <laughs> Specifically that it was the TARDIS? Because I knew it was going to be the TARDIS. No, no, no. Yeah, the, and, uh, that's the thing. Began. In that regard, it, 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 inevitable writing because there was no way she was going to do it. Because at the start of it, it was like, oh, she doesn't have a TARDIS or a screwdriver, yeah. which is an, a concept as a, like, if I thought about writing an episode of Dot I think that's quite interesting, the idea of well, Doctor that, not having a TARDIS or a screwdriver. The 11th yeah. hour sort of does that, doesn't it? Yes. Yeah. They just kind of strip him of all his resources yes. and he still has to save the world. And I think that, the idea of doing that is interesting. Yeah. But they were never going to have it where Whitaker wasn't going to have those. So you knew full well that when they ended up ended up in a rent... Fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> 
Words will come out properly. <laughs> okay. When they end up. So. Are you in... boring yourself? What's <laughs> happening? <laughs> I just think it, we're basically hitting an hour at this point. And no, you kind, of, you kind of know how I feel during the Sonic discussion now, where it's like you're saying a thing. It's like, oh, but I could say this, I could say this. Oh, but I have to explain this. Ah, and you just like. Your brain is I, I literally, I, don't, I, don't I fried my own brain for an hour talking about Doctor Who. I don't think you two will ever know how I felt during the Sonic and Doctor Who conversation. <laughs> <laughs> no, the look on your face says it pretty well. Yeah. Um, no, you know, it's it just seems like such a mess. Uh, it's not like I'm bored of it, like, just don't talk about it. It's more just that I can't find an in. There's no in for me here. Yeah. I don't even know how to start thinking about it. Yeah. Um, I mean... Do you remember the episode that we were going to write? Do you remember what our premise was? Was it Prohibition? It was. It was, yes. Do you remember the plot? Um, was it Mind Control? I think the idea was that an alien spacecraft had crashed, like, you know, yeah, in during, that period. Yeah, during that time. In Chicago, probably. Yeah. Um, and they were using bootlegging channels yeah. to refuel their craft. Oh, okay. Something like that. Or it turns out that they were controlling like the bootleggers and they were the fuel it was something like that oh okay I thought it was um, yeah they would bootleg alcohol they would sell it at bootleg bars but it was actually a mind control serum so that the humans would flock to the craft yeah to repair the ship yeah Yeah, that makes sense yeah Um, I I just remember the opening scene of the TARDIS appearing in in a uh, speakeasy yeah him coming out analysing a drink with his sonic screwdriver yeah and saying like where's my fedora or something like that yeah I feel my he walks everyone's looking at him he's like oh I've got my, my fedora and then it wasn't a bad idea like that's a you know that's what the show should be I think like just a little idea mm. that's combining sci-fi with history yeah you know like, yes. learning something you know for kids yeah uh, and also I think like he teamed up with a with a cop or like a prohibition agent that, right. whose brother had gone missing oh okay okay um, something like that yeah that was the companion, essentially, yeah. that episode. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I can't remember who the companion was at the time, but I think it was going through a transition. Yeah. So we didn't know who we would be writing for, yes. essentially. Yeah, yeah. Have you, yeah, was that the point you were making about uh, the writing for Series 11? Have you made that point? Or was there more you wanted to say? I, I, I think more, to bring, to bring it back what we were going to discuss <laughs> before we tangented <laughs> off into everything else. Yeah. Um, based on the trailer, I'm really hoping for better writing because <laughs> I didn't think... Like, the Rosa Parks episode, if you don't know about Rosa Parks, fine, interesting enough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But some of it is really not the best written series. And I really... That's what I'm hoping for in season two. I want... Be- if I'm going to spend my time dedicated to watching however many episodes it's going to be, 10, 12, whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I want better writing. I want better character like yeah. development. Like, there's a bit in the series... What's the female companion's name? Yes. Yeah. So there's a bit in that where she's crying. And the, right, <laughs> and everyone was like, "Oh God, emotion! We're finally getting character <laughs> development for this character." The response to that was, "She wouldn't be crying unless someone had died." Okay. Now, do we know? Do we know that for certain? I no, no, no. That was anything for certain about no, no, no. But that, but that, that, that was what the, the the opinion was. Okay. Was she wouldn't be crying otherwise? Okay. Unless there was, there had to be a reason for it. Yeah. So then they would. Their suggestion was that at least one of them was going to die. Okay. Or can, he, can all of them die? Except Bradley Walsh. We'll keep Bradley Walsh. I, well, I, the, the, kill the, Jodie Whittaker. Just have Bradley Walsh in the TARDIS. Well, I was going to say the thing with Bradley Walsh being in it as the companion is there was a time where he was doubted, uh, touted as the replacement. Placement right for yeah. the doctor so the fact that he is become the companion and he's by far the best thing about the show 
Yeah, so I, I think, yeah, I think he'd be a decent, half decent doctor. Okay. Pretty decent doctor, actually. At this stage, and it's hist whatever you want to call it, a bit, at this stage, as a viewer, as a fan, mm. what are you now looking for out of Doctor Who? What do you get out of it? Like, obviously, you're not loving it at the minute, but no. what can it do? Like, right, I, it's so messed up now, I'm just looking for great episodes or great. That's that's all Betray- I'm looking for. Yeah. Okay, you want good episodes. I, I want to see some good episodes. I want to see something interesting. If they're gonna go down the route of doing the history things, mm. I want something more interesting about it. Because when you talk about like meshing the you know sci-fi with the history, yeah, which is essentially what the show's supposed to be about. Yes, yes, that's what I want to see. You know, if they'd have gone back to the Rosa Parks era and she's being eaten by a giant you know octopus or mm. something that's a robot, yeah. That might be quite interesting. Well, sci-fi, <laughs> sci-fi has always been about other things, right? Mm. It's just with well, good sci-fi, but with yeah. the decoration of that sort of aesthetic. Yeah, you know. So, yeah, well, it's that always... sort of thing. I'm not saying it was the best thing ever, but prohibition bootlegging. But yeah, the the, the drink is a mind control drink. Yes, you know? yeah, yeah. that sort of thing. Neat little ideas, like things like Buffy did really well. Mm. So, but in that, it was kind of the supernatural yeah. mixed with coming of age tropes yeah so there was an episode where i haven't seen much of buffy but the example that always springs to mind there's an episode about a girl who kind of feels socially invisible and she becomes invisible yeah you know, your typical yeah. kind of uh analogies yeah and i think that is what doctor who should be trying to do now because i think their attempt from what i can from what i've heard their attempts to serialize their attempts to deepen it just don't work mm. so just like get a good version of the character yeah. that people want to spend time with yeah. and have fun with yeah. I think crucially because Doctor Who should be fun I think yeah. I, I, I think be... fun interspersed like so with, with Tenet and stuff where you yeah. had the rats towards the start it was the odd episode was dark okay. fun with the a bit of darkness thrown in I think works perfectly for it yeah because yeah, you, you you've got you've got the fun uh, space adventures mm. and the monsters that the kids will resonate yeah. with but then you have like the the sort of character development of like the companion yeah. and the doctor that's kind of more for the adults I mean we yeah. talked about this with uh, Sonic but I think this is another one of those that you can't Batman Doctor Who it just doesn't it doesn't fit that no. sort of more adult broodier tone you know, I mean, there's no. No, there's I think no, I think it'd be doing it at the service. Yeah, there's no real world of Doctor Who. It's just so unreal. It can only be not goofy, but yeah, you know, out there. Yeah, but yeah, like I, you know, if I'm a viewer of Doctor Who, I I don't really want to be getting like this um, survivors' remorse, survivors' guilt yeah. stuff about and genocide, and it's like that's not what the show should be. It should just be this guy, this wacky guy or girl. Traveling through time with us, yeah, yeah, yeah the companion, yeah, um, their relationship, and just like learning a bit about history through these fun little stories. There's a case to be made, I think, that the Doctor isn't really the, even the main character of Doctor Who, the companion, right? Yeah, the Doctor yeah. is just kind of like Basil exposition and also the comic relief kind yeah. of rolled into one. Yeah, mm. but, it's the, but it's the companion. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. But it's the companion that you actually like. Who has the journey? Yeah, the show is sort of seen through their eyes, really. Yeah, the, the the companion should be the one to have the arc, I think. The Doctor should yeah, just yeah. be a constant. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's kind of, yeah, yeah, because that's another problem with Moffat is that he did try and make the Doctor the main character of Doctor Who. Yeah. I think that's but, one thing they, like, for all its failings, I think they attempted at least a character arc for, and again, I can't remember his name, it's not Bradley Walsh, it's not Yaz, it's the other one. Ryan. Yeah. So there's an attempt at, like, a character. Did they? 
So, well, in in the regards of so it starts. So obviously you know he's got his problem with mobility. Oh, he's got some coordination. He can't ride a bike, basically. Yeah, he's got right. a, he's got a co- like a coordination thing. His then it's not his mum, is it? It's his uh, grandmother. Yeah. So she passes away, and obviously there's like the the bit about the father, like so you have like all yeah, that journey. I don't, I don't know about all his, that journey. I don't know what his mother, where his mother is, but his father has abandoned him. I yeah. think. Okay. And so as part of dies. yeah, and then uh, yeah, and she's the one that sort of thing. So he goes through the thing, and he's going through that, and then obviously it ends with him. You know, he saves his father in the end. Yes. So it, he has like a little bit of a journey with the family kind of thing. Okay. You're also forgetting, I think, literally the only piece of drama to come from the main characters of that series, which is he refuses to acknowledge Bradley Bosch's grandfather. Yes. That's literally the only... It's something I kind of noticed, but it's something um, a friend of ours who also really likes the show pointed out. There's no conflict between any of them. The Doctor, Yaz, Ryan, Graham, they all just get along. Yeah. The only conflict in the show is kind of like the th- it's thrust upon them. Yeah. Just like, oh, there's a villain now that we have to deal with. But it's not like um, like with Clara and the Doctor, where there was like a real like a real problem there, but the Clara was sort of like basically becoming the Doctor. Mm, right. Not literally, just like she was sort of yeah, yeah. Uh, taking after <laughs> him. She started wearing his jacket. So. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Like Amy was basically like, um, she basically had the Doctor wrapped around a little finger. You had like Rose, who was in love with the Doctor. You had Martha, who was in love with the Doctor, but the Doctor wasn't accepting her advances. Right. You had Donna and the Doctor, who were like, like the Doctor was sort of done with relationships for a while. It's like, I just need someone to travel with where there's like nothing. Right. I don't have to try, basically. You're just a friend. Mm-hmm. And Yaz and Graham and Ryan are just kind of like, oh, it's all right, Doctor, we, we're here too. We're your mates. Right. We're your mates. Okay. That's, that's, yeah. that's it. The only thing, the only spanner in the works is that Ryan won't call Bradley Walsh's grandfather. Yeah. But it's completely unreasonable because Bradley Walsh is just the nicest man. Right. <laughs> so Ryan just comes off as a twat, basically. Okay. I think. Yeah. That's fair enough. And also this coordination issue, whatever it is. He can't ride a bike in the first episode, but he can perfectly shoot a gun. Right. In the second episode, he shoots a gun at some robots. Right. And then in like the seven in Kamblam, he can't jump off a conveyor belt because he can't like doesn't yeah. know where he's going to land. Right. So is it com- the only thing he's got? It's completely inconsistent. Yeah. I think. And also, need, I think we need to stop talking. about <laughs> We do need to stop talking. We, about my we brain is now completely yeah. fried. Yeah. I'm genuinely sorry to the listeners because I think if you're not. This is just boring if you don't like Doctor Who. It really is, isn't it? I think I said on the Sonic yeah. episode that we were going to cut a lot of it. I yeah. don't think we did in the end. We didn't cut a lot no. of Sonic. I can imagine some of this is definitely going. Yes. Okay. All right. Then. And I am sorry because I feel like we've also kind of talked about the lesser interesting parts of the show. We kind of touched on like, you know, relationships with like what the actors have brought to the role and yeah. like the relationship with the companions. But in terms of what you can talk about with Doctor Who, I think we've kind of stayed in the surface stuff for too long I really don't think we've sold Doctor Who well to anyone no no we're so, I don't, yeah we haven't sold the show at all we haven't sold the show at all but I think at this point all you really need to know is that they dropped the, tw- the trailer for series 12 mm. it was a bit meh but that's what Doctor Who does mm. we're probably going to give it a watch well certainly me and Jordan are going to give it the first yeah, episode I'll give it a go yeah and see what it's like yeah don't feel compelled to Sam I'm not going to okay. don't worry about that I'm sure I'll tell you about in, it in, yes. in a year's time we come back Sam's the biggest Doctor Who fan <laughs> going and it's just us like no. I've tried Eddie it's not going to happen <laughs> <laughs> there, is, there is one more thing and it's not really no it's not really about the show Right, um, but so it is one Sam more thing. Is currently looking at like he's died. <laughs> yeah, he's just slumped over in his chair. Yeah, if if um, there are perchance any um, 
international viewers or listeners of ours. I think it's probably worth bringing up that we actually live in the epicenter of Doctor Who. Yes. Don't we? We live in, um, me and Sam obviously live in Pontypridd. You've moved here. You yeah. live in Cardiff. Yeah. And they're very big, like Doctor Who films around here all the time, basically. Yeah. I've like. It, I've, even when they're supposed to be in Sheffield, it doubles us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, yeah, they're, they're always somewhere around Wales. Like, this, the studio used to be like literally the street over from where I lived. I've been to the set for set visits. I've even yeah. worked with the crew on work experience. I, I've kind of. A lot, when I talk about Doctor Who, for, for, in a lot of instances it's sort of like I've seen behind the curtain too many times so it's almost not a show to me anymore because Mm. I'm aware of I'm so familiar with like the mechanics of it I don't know if it's the same with you because obviously you moved here you didn't grow up in the area where it was but then I grew up knowing a doctor yes yeah that's true as well so Um, I I'll ask you this question Sam because we're all like we're all into filmmaking we're all into like TV make whatever. We're all creators. We all want to get into the industry. My theory, because the South Wales film industry, mm. that is to say the uh, independent South Wales film industry, has boomed in right. the past like decade or so. Mm-hmm. Doctor Who came back in 2005. I think that that is responsible for the level of interest in filmmaking that exists in Wales. Why so many people, and it is a large majority of people, from Wales are trying to make it in the film industry. I think Doctor Who is almost single I, I Yeah, it's certainly a big part of why I think this is a bigger area entertaining. Yeah, because literally uh, like half of Cardiff, it feels like, uh, trying to like start their own like production companies or they're trying to get into filmmaking or, you know. Yeah, there, there is plenty of people around. When you If you go onto like Facebook and stuff and you've got the groups with like new writing and stuff like that. Yeah. Because yeah. obviously South, South Wales has one. Mm-hmm. Um, like you get like some groups somewhere, but South, from what I have seen when I br- like briefly looked, South Wales, I think has one of the biggest amount of like, I mean, we, members. we exist in that universe. So it's, it's kind of, it's impossible for us to tell, I think, mm. um, whether it's disproportionate. I mean, I don't think, I think Doctor Who has its role, but I don't think that's, that's, the main thing that's responsible for this. I think yeah. the two main things that are responsible is Cardiff just as an emergent city full stop. Mm-hmm. I think it's just becoming, it's getting larger yeah. on the world stage. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. With the Bay, things like in the last decade yeah. or so. I just think it's becoming more more of a media city as well. Yeah. Because we recently, um, I think it was last week or the week before, um, Infinite films in Cardiff, didn't it? Is that the Mark Wahlberg? That's yeah. the Mark Wahlberg Okay, film. yes. So they shut off one of the main roads through Cardiff. Yeah. Um, My sister actually had her driving theory test the same day they were filming. Oh, so that's awkward. I had to, I had to like really be careful as where I was driving in Cardiff because um, of all the traffic. But yeah, so they shot there for three days. Um, now, I didn't know anything about the film. Okay. So when they were shooting in Cardiff, I just assumed that this was probably set in like England somewhere. Yeah. Things like that. But it's a Hollywood blockbuster. Yeah. And... It's doubling for New York, it's right? It's doubling for New York. <laughs> yeah. Cardiff, yeah, is, Cardiff is doubling for New York. So, that, so, you know, they were literally only here to film a stunt. Yeah. But they had American police cars in the street. Yeah, yeah they replaced uh, them with New York cabs. I think yeah. a friend of ours who lives in the area said they ripped up all the street signs. Yeah. And yeah. they replaced it with, like, American, well, like, New York street yeah, signs. Yeah, they, they took off anything that suggested it was Welsh. Yes. Yeah. Um, Why'd they do that? I, they must have been filming nearby, right? I think they must have been filming in London or something and just will pop over there to do this thing. Because yes, yeah. typically filmmakers who are trying to replicate New York will go to Toronto. Yeah, because yeah. it, it's cheaper and it, it, you know it's a, it looks 
There are skyscrapers. Yes. There aren't in Cardiff. Really. No, no. Um, but my, my suspicion is that, as you say, Cardiff is an emerging city. Yeah. So it is probably quite cheap to film in Cardiff. Too. Yes, I imagine there are tax breaks. So yes, I think Cardiff as an emerging city is one of the factors. And I think the other factor is that it's easier and cheaper to make films more and more. I think that's another thing. That's, yes. Yeah. They're completely valid reasons. Mm-hmm. But is that enough to have generated the level of interest that there seems to be in filmmaking amongst independent yeah. people. You yeah. think? Yeah. Okay. I think that, I think that access to the technology is the biggest thing mm. that means that so many people want to get into filmmaking. I, I don't think, you know, on balance, I think that Cardiff probably isn't disproportionately media-focused. Mm. Um, I think that if we lived in Leeds or if we lived in Sheffield, mm. I think because we exist in that world yeah it would seem just as big and just as much okay but yeah doctor who does have uh, eddie almost fell over <laughs> sitting down uh, i'm trying to reach under the, the, yeah, no, i'm trying to reach under the table yeah. to pick up my laptop cable you uh you flood the engine on an automatic car eddie. i did once flood the engine. <laughs> I, I once did it twice you did it twice yeah right okay flooded it and then when it was fine i flooded it again <laughs> Okay, yeah, no, I thought that was just, uh, um, again, I don't know whether it fe- feeds into our opinions on the show, but it's, I think it's interesting to know that we're like, we're not just eccentric fans, we literally live with this stuff, you know? Yes, I, the one thing I will say, I do think obviously Cardiff has boomed in terms of um, how popular it is, but also in terms of like, now you've got a film, like filming in the city, Yeah, I think the Cardiff theatre scene has picked up a little bit. Mm. I think I certainly, uh, in terms of like the Sherman Theatre, mm. there's more going on there now. Yeah, that you know they've tried different things, which I think is quite interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you've got the Wells Millennium Centre, which has now got proper like productions coming down and stuff as well. So I, I think, it, however you look at it, certainly on the media like entertainment, I think it is Cardiff is certainly building in whatever's caused that. What you know, it's yeah. building in some way. Yes. Yeah. But I've been advised not to give my opinion on the Cardiff Theatre scene by <laughs> so I, I I won't do that. Fair enough. But um, yeah, no, they, definitely there's there's a boom happening. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah. Okay. I think maybe part of it as well is that a lot of young people, especially creatively inclined people, would rather invent a job than get one. Yeah. Uh, I don't speak. I don't say that from a distance. I'm definitely one of those people. Yeah. Um, is that a product of? Just not wanting to work what's considered the conventional job? Or is yeah. that because there aren't enough jobs going? I think that's rubbish. Okay. I, 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 I'm not necessarily yeah. just talking about... Bro- I mean within the creative field. because we've Oh, all, yeah, yeah, yeah. We've all tried looking it's, for jobs. It's very difficult yeah, to way. get a, a decent job in it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah, no. A, a lot of... I, I know a lot of creative people tend to go more down the... I'll start my own business. I'll start my mm. own company. Yeah. Um, and I think... A lot of that is based on, yeah, not wanting to get a proper job. Yeah, quote-unquote. Quote-unquote. Um, and th- this kind of sort of... Th- there is a rampant delusion uh, that amongst the creative community where, like, this sense of you you have a, an audience ready waiting for you that if you just want to create, if you want to express your creativity and do what you think you should be doing, that there are enough people that will pay you to do that. And I, I just... that ne- I've never mm. seen that pattern, no. really. Like, just... Oh, you know, I, you don't know who I am. I have no pedigree. Yeah. I want to make a film. Yeah. Give me money. Yeah. I'm going to crowdfund it. It's like, yeah. uh, no. Yeah. It, you need to build up a bit of a 
portfolio, a bit of a CV. Yeah, I think there's just too many people for that strategy to even work anymore now. Yes. So I think as as standard in university, students are encouraged to start their own like Kickstarter campaigns to fund their student films. Yeah. Yeah. Like why? Who are you? Yeah. Exactly. (laughs) Why would I do that? Yeah. Yeah. And another thing that, you know, I, I really won't give my opinions about the colour theatre scene, mm. but one of the things that's definitely um, symptomatic of it is it ju- it becomes entirely this bubble where it's people throwing their own little events and only their friends go to it. Mm. But they, that builds a little just network of friends and they will just go to each other's things. Yeah. Yes. And, you know, that's unsustainable, obviously. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's the only yeah. opinion I will give. Okay. No, that's, that's fair enough. Yeah. Where, so, are, where are we moving on to next? Yes, spent yeah. so let's, long let's, let's, let's sever it completely. Yeah. Well, we've only got like 20 minutes left, haven't we? Oh, we? Uh, <laughs> oh, so sorry, listeners. Really are. Um, we're, we're on an hour and... Tw- we're about nearly an hour and a half into it. Okay, all right. So we've got about half an hour left. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we can cut if necessary. Yeah, yeah. But, we can't go over too much, though. No. Yeah. Um, so right. it depends where you want to go with next... Obviously, I've got a couple of things written down. Yeah. You've got some things written down. Uh, let's go with what you've got written down. Okay. So well, the, fir- the first thing I've got down is the Snyder Cut. Right. Okay. You said it. Yeah, I, <laughs> for anyone who won't get that point, basically, for far too long, I've been saying Zack Schneider. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it was uh, politely pointed out to me that it is Snyder. Yes. Yes. Um, so, yes, the story with the Snyder Cut, there is the, there is rumoured to be a completed version of Justice League um, that was done before Zack Snyder left the product. Mm. Product. Project. Oh, it's <laughs> no, a product. No, that's a, that's yeah. a Freudian yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um And basically, after this got mentioned, was it by um, whatever his name is, the play's Aquaman? Jason Momoa. Yeah, was it? I feel like it was him that brought it up. I'm not sure who initially. I, 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 it was certainly brought up earlier in the year. Okay. And basically, what's happened is that this has grown traction as time has gone on. Mm-hmm. And we've got to the point where even uh, Ben Affleck and Gal Gadot are tweeting their support that this should come out. Well, it's sort of come out that a, sol- like a select number of industry professionals were brought in and saw the Snyder Cut. Yeah. To offer their editorial advice. Damon Lindelof being one of them. Okay. Because he has seen the Snyder Cut. Yeah. Um, which is what studios do. Let's bring in all these writers and see what they make of I it. I feel like that's that's where I'm getting Jason Momoa from. I think Jason Momoa has seen it. He's seen it, okay. I think he's seen it. Yeah, okay. so everyone that I've heard talk about it has said, I'm not going to give my opinion, but it should be released. Yeah. And, you know, it's difficult, isn't it? Because Zack Snyder is not a good director. And so... It's kind of yeah. I'm all about the, the, the artistic integrity of the filmmakers, yeah. rather than the demands of the studio. But do we think there exists a cut of what film is it? Just just a Justice League that is gonna like oh wow if only we'd seen this the first time around. No, because not only you know ignoring the the logic problems of it mm. and the plot problems of it. It just looks terrible. Do you know uh, what I yeah. mean? Yeah, I mean, I I haven't seen Justice League yeah. because I watched a trailer and went, yeah, I'm not going to like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, The reviews came out and I went, yeah, I'm not going to like that. Yeah. So to, for the suggestion to be that by having the Snyder Cut, mm. suddenly it's going to change my mind. Yeah, That's it's... like saying whoever directed, and I don't like to keep bringing up Suicide Squad, mm. but whoever directed Suicide Squad initially, the initial cut of that's going to make me suddenly like the film. It just, yeah, no way. I don't think of 
ever seen a director's cut that's radically changed my opinion of the film. No. Donnie Darko, I think the director's cut has like pages from the book, just the flash up on screen that sort of explains what's going on. But part of the appeal of Donnie Darko is that you you never really know. No, mm. so it's it's a clusterfuck and it's brilliant. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. It's so confusing. And then uh Apocalypse Now, the Redux. Mm. There's just a bit there's like an extra 40 minutes or so that's just like a side plot from the film yeah. but adds nothing to it and I, so I prefer this kind of studio cut of that film yeah I just don't I think you know if the original cut from the studio is bad the director's cut will not make it better I think a good film will have a good film in it even with cuts do you know what I mean yeah and yeah. the studio's not going to release what they consider a bad film yeah an inferior version yeah, no, yeah. so there's no the best this can do is push it from a, a 2 out of 10 to a 3 Yes. You know? You know. Or at least make it less confused, I think. Because I think that was people's complaints with it, is that it just felt confused. Yeah. I I, I think that's the problem with DC in general. I I don't think they know where they're going and what they're doing. Absolutely. No, no. Yeah, absolutely not. Every film has been... Every every film has literally been course correction. Maybe the only consistent leap was Man of Steel to Batman v Superman. But after that, certainly, I think every film has been, oh, right, let's go, let's do this instead. Oh, no, let's do this instead. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. it, it's like, oh, new Suicide Squad film coming out. Right. Well, this is a reboot of the old version, but we're going to have most of the cast from the last one in it. Yes. Yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, I mean, what I don't know what is considered the like the best film out of that that universe. Shazam. Is it Shazam? Wonder, yeah. Oh, maybe Wonder Woman. Yeah. You Wonder know, Woman, yeah. but then obviously that's supposed to have a sequel, and there are people questioning when that's coming out now. Yeah. Which seems to be a common theme with the DC universe, which is that they don't know where things are coming out. No. And and I think the problem is is. As as much as I hate the film, it, and it's not in the DC universe, but as much as I hate the film, I think Joker is probably arguably better than half of that universe, if not oh, all yeah. of it. Oh, it's, you know, it's definitely a better film than anything yeah. from the DCEU. Yeah. Yes. And DCEU, I realize all my, all my letters just blended together there. <laughs> yes. <laughs> DCEU. You know. But, uh, and Joker is... I mean, we... we okay. I, I mean, he's getting to the point where maybe we're in the minority of it. Th- how much hate... Or disliked Joker. I well, let's think. I wouldn't say I hate the. No, film. I don't no. hate it either. I I think it's perfectly average. Yes. I I more I more hate the idea that it's not. I suppose. Yeah, but you know, it's the highest grossing R rated film. Yeah. Is it? It's over it's a billion. Past a billion. Yeah. It's past over the billion. billion pound mark. Yeah. And there is every potential. Oh, it's going to happen. That he he. He's he's definitely nominated at this point. Oh, that okay. Um, yeah. Probably yeah. Uh, he's, he's definitely nominated. Oh, no, I, if, I, I would say he's definitely nominated. The question is whether he's going to win. I say I wouldn't. I wouldn't even yet say that he's definitely nominated. Okay, but I, would I, say, I feel. Like I would say probably. No, I feel like it's it's probably one of the easiest decisions the Academy could make. Really? Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. There's, everyone, there's so everyone much likes, behind it. Everyone likes say that you're staking that he will get nominated. He will get a nomination. Do I think he will. Joaquin Phoenix will get a nomination okay. for Best Actor. I'm not saying that he will. Okay. but he probably will. But, I mean, t- take in, you know, take out of the equation that it's a performance they probably like anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, well, it's the thing. He's lost weight. It's got that yeah, typical element, all element that to stuff. it. Yeah. Um, they like villains. Yeah. They do like villains. And all, uh, they like showy roles. Mm-hmm. And also, everyone loves it. You know, it would be like them nominating Black Panther for the... But that's the thing. They don't, though. Because Bohemian Rhapsody... Or Lord we, of the Rings. I know we talked about this, that kind of... It was the first film that where the best actor won, and it got nominated for Best Picture, that wasn't a critical darling. Yes. And we were kind of hypothesising that that has now set a trend 
where popularity is as important as yes it's reception it, it's almost the, this is the thing is it feels to me like they they're combating scrapping the popular cat yeah. popular film category by eliminating popular films yeah yeah but the thing is because that was a one-off it still remains to be seen whether it was a fluke or whether it sets a precedent mm. yeah if Joaquin Phoenix is nominated it set a precedent yes if he's not it was a fluke because okay. the Joker critically is not has not done brilliantly no, it's, not, it's no. like 60% or something yeah. like that which is not very good no so we have to bear in mind that it may have been a one-off but yes he probably will get nominated yeah bear in mind as well the Oscars still need to get their numbers up their viewing figures are still yeah. pretty bad yeah. Yeah. and I think nominating Joker is I, I'm a surefire way of getting more people to watch I yeah. genuinely think that Joker and Endgame both stand a good chance of being nominated for best Endgame I'm, I'm more sceptical of I, you think Endgame is less likely to get nominated for Best Picture than Joker? Because, well, that is literally just a popularity contest, Endgame getting in. No, it's not. No? Joker's a vastly inferior film to Avengers Endgame. Oh, well, I don't know, that performance... I mean, we're no. talking just about the performance no, of Joker yeah. now. Yeah. Fe- yeah, yeah. When, when you say like, nomination, Phoenix. you mean, like, Best Film now. I'm saying I'm saying Best Film for both. Not I, both. I, I, no, no, I don't think Joker will be up for Best Film. No, no way. No see, way. see, I... It, I argue because of the amount it's made yeah. and how popular it has become. Yeah, I think Phoenix will probably get nominated. I really, I don't think it'll be up for Best Picture. I think Avengers Endgame might be up for Best Picture, but that's an outside chance. Yeah, yeah. I think but that's because really it is the highest grossing film of all time. Right? Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah, and the concerning thing for me with with when it comes to Endgame mm. is that I know on one of the lists I looked at at one point there was suggestion that Downey Jr. would be... They were going to try and bump him up for supporting. Right. Supporting actor for Avengers Endgame. Because it's his last film. Right. Yeah. There'll probably be a little campaign, but he won't get nominated. No. no that, that's my only yeah. concern with Endgame. If it's somebody for Best Picture, it's Black Panther, it's not going to win, cool, whatever. Yeah. Yes. And I think with the Scorsese thing happening now as well... Yes. They might nominate it as a... A recognition of what Marvel has done to the industry. Yes. Because, I mean, well, the Scorsese thing is... Bigger now, yeah, because it's what's it? What's his, what's the person who's now added to it? Or there was an interview. Lo- so loads of celebrities have uh, commented on it. Yeah, I know. Um, I know. When we looked at it earlier, it's Fra- Francis Ford Coppola said something. Is it? He said that Marvel films were disgraceful. I think. Yeah. Despicable. <laughs> Despicable. 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 You know. Okay. <laughs> Alan Moore has a bit of an input as well, isn't he? Yeah, we'll go through that in a sec. But yeah, I think that a Joker sequel is almost. A, a, a joke or se- sequel, almost a certainty. Whacking Phoenix is going to be in it. Yeah. Uh, Todd Phillips is definitely going to sign on because this is the most critical, probably, success he's had. Yeah. Do you think? Yeah. Do you think they they want to keep Todd Phillips? Yes. I I I think they're going to see it as the package deal. Okay. I agree. So I I think that's without a doubt, and I think they're going to go. They'll do the sequel, and then if they don't do a third, then it'll be. Okay, which character can we do next? Right, and I th- I think they'll look at another DC villain and go, mm-hmm. who else can we do which can make this kind of success? Is it actually, we made a joke during our I think it was the second episode where we actually talked about Joker, where they're just going to list off a bunch of Batman yeah, well, yeah, and do Martin Scorsese esque films for all of yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, and your your joke was Raging Penguin. Yeah, yeah. I really don't think that's that far off now. No, it's not. I'd say there are more possibility. Also, I'm going to say it on the podcast, so we have to stick to it. Uh, other than 
like this type of news about Scorsese commenting about Marvel movies and that sort of thing, uh, we are embargoing Marvel discussion. You right? are embargoing Marvel. Okay, Marvel fine. Discussion. I am embargoing. Sam is embargoing Marvel discussion. Yeah. I, I think, in all honesty, unless anything else interesting, I think that is a superhero conversation in general. Yeah, but like you know, if 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 we there's one little cast bit of casting news about the next Ant Man film or whatever, I just I don't think it's. Yeah. I no. personally am refraining from it. Because yeah, yeah. I think I don't want to give it any more time anymore. No, it's got it, the hype machine is big enough as it is. Yeah, yeah. Marvel. I, yeah. I mean, the fact the fact of the matter is, is none of us. I think th- as a, even though it's the films I've seen in the cinema, mm. other I mean, every film I've seen in the cinema this year is basically a superhero film. Yeah. Mm. Um, I, I I don't really think you could call any of us massive superheroes. No, and that's the thing. I know it's a you know a behemoth, and so we kind of feel compelled to talk about it. But we talk about it so disproportionately for people who aren't that interested in it. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? But it's culture. It's, it's, no, it's culture. not culture. No, it is. No, though. it's it's in culture. No, 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 no. No, I'm not having. I won't have that said. It's the it's the. I domin- will not have that. It's said. the dominant uh, topic of the of cultural discourse at the moment. No, 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 no. No, it is. No, 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 no. Not culture. You cannot deny. Not culture. I'm not. Culture. You cannot define the scope. I'm not saying that as yeah, like yeah. a you know, I know. Oh, I know. it's oh, it's like it's the best thing at the yeah, moment. Yeah, it's the most talked about things in the world. Scale wise, in the world yeah. of entertainment. Yeah, yeah scale wise, in the world of entertainment, which is culture. Uh, well, again, this is the whole cinema movies thing, isn't it? Yes. I will. I am not calling Marvel culture. I will not do it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I refuse. I, no, I don't. But uh, yes, objectively, it's part of culture, yeah. but it's not culture. I look forward to um, uh, Scarlett Johansson having to slag you off because you said Marvel wasn't culture. Yeah. If you get a tweet from Scarlett Johansson over this, this is going to be the funniest <laughs> shit going. Okay, um, so um, this is what Alan Moore said. Okay. About, so this was, a couple, I think, three years ago, but it's, it's come to light again because of the Scorsese brouhaha. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, so Moore said, primarily... Mass market superhero movies seem to be abetting an audience who do not wish to relinquish their grip on A, their relatively reassuring childhoods, or B, the relatively reassuring 20th century. The continuing popularity of these movies, to me, suggests some kind of deliberate self-imposed state of emotional arrest combined with a numbing condition of cultural stasis that could be witnessed in comics, movies, popular music, and indeed right across the cultural spectrum. Genuinely nothing I can argue with about that point. <laughs> no, there so really isn't. That's the first bit of the argument. Okay. And then he kind of he goes off on one. He said, I would also remark that save for a smattering of non-white characters and non-white creators, these books and these iconic characters are still very much white supremacist dreams of the master race. In fact, I think that a good argument can be made for D.W. Griffith's Birth of a Nation as the first American superhero movie and the point of origin for all those capes and masks. Capes and masks thing I find interesting. Yes, I find that interesting. Yeah, I think that's an interesting comparison. I don't want to really get into the white supremacist bit. Um, no, I'm not really sure what angle he's coming from there. I know, I know the, capes of, the capes and masks connection I get, but in terms I, of white I know, supremacy, I know he's, he's saying that um, the superheroes, being as they are, pretty much exclusively white, yeah, exists to preserve the kind of hegemony of white America. Okay. You know, because like Batman, for instance, is a uh, there's a conservatism to the idea of Batman, yeah. which is he protects yeah. society from the underbelly of society. Oh, I thought we were just going to say he's a rich white guy, but sure. But yeah, yeah, <laughs> kind of. Also, there's literally he's literally that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's literally a rich white guy. Yeah, but you know, who's protecting structure? Yeah, yeah. yeah he's not a socialist. You know, <laughs> no. Um, but I don't want to get into the way. It's more about this idea of arrested development in culture, which I think 
is definitely true. Mm. Don't you think? Mm. Like, you know, um, Stephen Fry has talked about this, that we, the food we eat, the clothes we wear, they're for children, you know, they're mm. children's clothes, it's children's food. Yeah, I did, um, I did OD on party rings. You did? Last week. Yeah, <laughs> you, 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 you explain that. that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we're, in, we're currently in the process of filming, uh, do you want to say anything about it, like the name or? Uh, well, we've, uh, Fun Limited has released the name of it. Okay, um, uh, we're currently yeah. in the process of shooting uh, The Bridges of All the Baskin, yeah. which is our first short film that will be released under Fun Limited, hopefully around Christmas time. Yeah. So yeah, we're just filming a lot at the moment. And um, this corner shop nearby where we were filming, I picked up a pack of party rings. Um, I, towards the end of the day, uh, started to feel a bit ill. I left to go home. Before I got to my car, I just threw up. That's amazing. Oh, that's amazing. Because the house we're filming in is well, it's your house. Let's yeah. just get, it's your it's your house. Yes, my house. Yeah. Um, and you're uh, you've decided to uh, be in a house that's on a steep hill <laughs> yes. for some stupid reason. Of <laughs> yeah. course, my car was parked further up the hill, so I had to walk uphill while throwing up party rings. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's funny. But yeah, in fairness to me, though, I hadn't had party rings for many years, which is why I was compelled to buy them. Yeah, but like eating so much that it made you sick. Well, I did, I I overestimated. Okay. How many were and also just the the the, the, the sugariness of party rings. I really didn't expect. That. I, I will say this: last night on my way home, yeah. um, I decided I, I quite like e- quite like eating Malwan. Oh yeah. I bought three packets of those. Okay. I ate two of them yeah. before I went to bed, and that made me feel incredibly ill. <laughs> I didn't get to the point of vomiting, yeah. but it did make me realise that, like, because I literally saw them and went, ah, I want to get some of those. Um, I don't know whether that's an advert for Mauer or not. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I just crossed the name off the list of potential sponsors. <laughs> no, but this, this thing, it's, it's nothing against Mauer. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's. I think much like a lot of sweetie treaty foods, obviously, it's mm. quite Moorish. Yeah, and I kind of because I had one of those party rings, and I did instantly think I could easily eat this entire packet. Yeah, that's the problem. Yeah, is that you, <laughs> you know, so they, the problem is they should write I, on the I, packet I, eat responsibly. <laughs> Well, I think, the problem, I think all junk food needs to be. Yeah. No, the problem is with stuff like that is they put the right amount in the pack so that you can't quite finish them off in one go. Right. But by the time you're full, there's kind of not enough for there to be a second portion to come back to. Right. So you have to finish them. Mm. Yeah. So I blame party rings or whatever. The f- <laughs> right. who, who does party rings? I don't know. No, okay. I literally don't. Yeah. Okay. No, but that's the thing. Like, part- so we agree that with Alan Moore that we're children. <laughs> Well, I was going to ask, are Mawams inherently juvenile? Yeah, all, part- all sweets are inherently juvenile. Because party rings, definitely. Because party rings, you have them, like, yeah. when you go to, like, the community centre for Elizabeth's ninth birthday, you have, <laughs> like, a plate of party rings. Elizabeth. Uh, whatever. <laughs> he was at the Queen's ninth birthday. It's <laughs> fine. Uh, um, yes, I am eternal. But you have that. But Mawams, I wouldn't have said, were particularly... Yeah, I, I, I think, all sweets are, aren't they? Yeah, other than I, original, you know. Which is a beautiful sweet. I, I, yeah, I, I yeah. love, I love. But they're, they're, like, they're, they're for your grand, Werther's original. Yeah, like to- toffees and that sort of stuff. Yeah, that's for the, for the older yeah. generation. Yeah. But everything else is, these yeah. sweets are for children, aren't they? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I still enjoy a dip dab every now and again. <laughs> but I mean, biscuits and like uh, chocolate is different, I think. Yeah, it's sweets are for kids. Yeah, sweets, sweet. Yeah, maybe I'm just yeah. trying to <coughs> defend Mawam because it's the only sweet I like. Oh, okay, Mawam and Chewits—they're kind of basically it. Right, I don't need sweets. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, if you want to talk about overdosing on something too much, Skittles. 
<laughs> something I literally you, oh, buy God. for almost every you, we, shift. We, we really all hoover up Skittles. We come from the mean streets, don't we? <laughs> so if you want to talk about overdosing something, Skittles. <laughs> <laughs> no, in fairness, party rings does sound like a euphemism. Party ring. Well, uh, okay. you, you, you want you want some ganja? Yeah, you want some, some fucking party some, rings. It sounds that? like a euphemism for a gay porn. <laughs> okay. No, it does party rings. <laughs> Jordan, have you ever watched a story from a gay porn? No, <laughs> party rings. <laughs> oh, that, that would have Put been. Put a candle in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Make a wish. <laughs> um, all right, okay. I've completely forgotten where we were. This yeah, is okay. what I wished for. I, think, I feel like the Alan Moore thing was more just, oh, that's an interesting angle. Yeah. I don't really have much. I, I probably no. agree with what he's saying. Um, what you, what I'll say, what you read to me, I don't disagree. Yeah, at all. And yeah. I am someone who has gone to the cinema this year and only seen superhero films. Yeah, yeah. Um, the thing that's kind of annoying me a little bit now about this is, yeah. I mean, I I would probably land more on the side with Scorsese than Marvel. Yeah, but also like, no, actually, I was going to say like, also, but also, I don't mind Marvel. But this is the thing; he's not saying that he dislikes Marvel. No. And this is the mistake that people seem to be making. Yeah. But the question, because um, it's been a couple of people. Scarlett Johansson included, which is why I used her as the example earlier, yes. where she's kind of speaking out against Scorsese. Mm. And for, she's kind of further positioning him as the enemy of Marvel. Like a, like a, like a, someone who is trying to I discredit them. I don't know about that in so much as I think the, 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 the general response, because what's happening is, because this is a movie issue, yeah. every celebrity is being asked about it in interviews. Because yeah. it's the current issue of the day yeah. and every celebrity is giving their opinion so everyone's yeah, yeah so celebrities are having to give an opinion I love on it when celebrities have opinions but I mean no this is the, the, the type of issue where like fair enough yeah do you know what I mean like yeah I don't I don't want Scarlett Johansson giving me her opinion about race but like <laughs> you know I mean she's definitely got it do you know what I mean though yeah. but like or you know how whatever most issues yeah but in the realm of films okay yeah ask actors about it yeah so they're having to come up with opinions about it, even if they don't necessarily have one. Yeah. The overwhelming thing seems to be, I really respect Martin Scorsese. He can have whatever opinion he wants. But he's it's, wrong. It's unfortunate. Yeah. Is what the general, um, you know, d- uh, diplomatic yes. like, answer seems to be. Yeah, yeah. Some people have been a bit harder line, like Mark Ruffalo saying, if he feels so strongly about this, he should set up a National Endowment of the Arts, which Scorsese has done twice. So that's quite awkward for Mark Ruffalo. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> You know, it, I don't begrudge Mark, Mark Ruffalo. He's in like nine films a year. He's got no time to no, worry himself about this shit. Yeah, I'm like guessing you'll like never be directed by Martin Scorsese. <laughs> but, um, Imagine the next film Scorsese does. Martin Ruffalo. Mark, Martin Ruffalo. <laughs> Martin, Martin Ruffalo. Ruffalo. <laughs> yeah. Mark Zach Ruffalo. Schneider, Martin Ruffalo. <laughs> but no, yeah, you're right. It's there does seem to be a, a push towards. Well, that's I mean. they're, they're trying to set up that there's there's a conflict here. Right? Yes. Sell, sell things, but. Yeah. Um, well, that was going to be my question yeah. at the end of it all. Is this, um, if this is indeed the thing where it's being turned into uh, Scorsese versus Disney, yeah. is Disney as all responsible for perpetuating that or all like making it more that? I don't know. I mean, they've probably had getting all actors that are part of Disney products to be like on point and on book about it, you know, yeah. on yeah. script. Because they, you know, we know <laughs> they do that. Yes. Just find out Tom Holland sat there leaking stories about those people who don't like Marvel even <laughs> oh, though they work yeah. for them. So they that's, try, that's not... That's not he doesn't they, do that, does he? No, that's they, all planned. They try and spice it up, don't they? Because, I mean, especially we're now going to award season. Yeah. And 
they love to talk about controversies between yeah. potential nominees. And The Irishman is probably a front runner. Mm-hmm. Avengers Endgame, you know, might get in there, like we said. But De Niro is definitely up for best actor, in my opinion. Quite probably, but you know, who knows? Yeah. There's so many in the field. For Joker, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> As a best supporting actor for Joker, best actor for The Irishman. <laughs> Talking of that, uh, oh yeah, you have a, yeah. you have an announcement, Sam. It's not an announcement, more just like <laughs> I. It's there's nothing to really talk about regarding it. I just like the phrase. Okay, uh, I want to introduce a phrase to the cultural conversation. Yes, which is legacy casting, and that is when you have a film like Joker, which is you know directly homaging things like Taxi Driver and The King of Comedy. Yeah. And you cast Rob De Niro in your film to sort of lend it a stamp of approval or at least wear your influences on your sleeve. Mm. So that would be one example. Another example would be Robert Redford in Captain America the Winter Soldier, yep. which I think is a reference to like 70s conspiracy thrillers like All the President's Men. Yep. And then we have, is it Siri Yesterday? Netflix yes. film, yep. which is a time travel movie that has Michael J. Fox in it as a teacher. And they, they do a little joke, don't they, about Back yeah, to the Future or something? Yeah, some shit joke about it. Now, that's different than, say, Bill Murray and Dan Aykroyd being in the Ghostbusters reboot. Yes, because we were trying to find the boundaries of this, weren't yeah. we? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think if it's within the same franchise or something, or like Franco Nero being in Django Unchained, yeah. it doesn't quite count. It has to be more like an icon of the thing that you're sending up, appearing in your film as a wink to the material. Yeah, okay. So you get a lot of... So there's like direct stuff like Back to the Future, one film than him being in a time travel movie. Yeah. Taxi Driver, him being a Joker. But then there's broader things like a lot of actors famous for 80s movies being in Stranger Things. Mm. It's like Sean Astin, who's in The Goonies, and Paul Reiser, who's in Beverly Hills Cop, and a bunch yeah, of other yeah. things. Um, or like Kurt Russell being in Guardians of the Galaxy. Yes. Where would uh, Linda Blair being in, I think it was Scream? Where would that fall? I think that would fall in the less broad, more direct category. Okay. You know, she was in The Exorcist. Yeah. Therefore, she's in Scream. Yes, yeah. I was trying to get, are there any like James Bond actors who are in the Austin Powers films? But that would be the kind of like, idea. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. Yeah, um, but there's nothing to be said about it. I just want to, legacy casting. Yeah. Okay, well, I'm just going to introduce that phrase. Is that the name of our episode? Are you just going to rub it in? No, no, it's too boring for the um, okay. name of the episode. But yeah, okay. yeah, legacy casting. Okay. Uh, what else is on our list? Uh, uh, one of the things on my list yeah. is the fact that uh, the people behind, or certainly the producer behind, uh, the Bohemian Rhapsody film, mm. have uh, it's been, well, it's been basically announced. They have a Michael Jackson biopic in the works as well. Yeah. Okay. Um, John Logan, uh, who contributed to Skyfall and the creator of Penny Dreadful, mm-hmm. uh, is aboard to work on the script. Doesn't necessarily say he's writing the script, says he's on board to work on the script. Right. Um, so I think between Graham King, whose GK films are part of the production side of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think between them, obviously that's who's working on who's gonna write the initial script. Yeah. I'm interested. Michael Jackson is somewhat of an interesting figure. Yeah. I, I, the one article in particular that I looked at was on Empire, and they were talking about how his life is ideally suited to the drama of a biopic. Okay. But as Sam has made the point in mm. conversations before, we there are things that are controversial in his life, which... There's some stuff we still don't have the answer to. You don't have a finite answer on yeah. the, the truth. There's an enduring ambiguity, isn't there? Yeah. With Jack, the Jackson legacy. Which I think is definitely part of the uh, appeal of... Not not appeal, but like that's part of what makes Michael Jackson so interesting. It's, it's now part of, yeah, yeah. yeah. of his... Which yeah. makes me wonder if they will go in the route of Bohemian Rhapsody, which Bohemian Rhapsody went up to a certain point. 
Mm. Yeah. Will Michael Jackson's story go up to a certain point and then the text on the screen will be yeah. Michael Jackson went on to be investigated for this or something like that. Right. And the way they will handle the controversy with like whether he was a paedophile or yeah. not mm. is they will put it as text on screen. Okay. I, ju- I just don't think they will address it at, at all. Because here's the thing, I think, I, do- I think a lot of people are going to have a problem with the film. Mm. As is. Yeah. Um, I mean, the problem with Jackson now is that massive elephant in the room. Like, if you're doing a film about him, mm. how do you kind of not do it? I personally don't have a problem with them just, like, focusing on the early part of his life as a child and the emotional abuse. Not Jackson 5, Thriller, all that sort of stuff. I don't mind that, like, personally. Yeah. But I-, I don't think you could do that film and then, like you said, do text that said... In, in later life, he would go on to be investigated for these... Because it would be like a non-sequitur. Like, yeah, none yeah. of that's coming through in the story. But yeah, I don't know. It feels weird, just a really bad move to do it. Because not, not only is there an endearing ambiguity, mm-hmm. but like just this year, there's been a documentary about... Yeah, it was HBO on, documentary. An HBO documentary. And you know, I, I honestly don't know enough about all, all of this to have a proper opinion on it. No. But, you know, there's, there's enough to make you think, right... We can't just do a straightforward Michael Jackson. Well, I, I suppose that the, even so, this thing, even if uh, we knew the answers yeah. to these questions, yeah. I don't know how you portray that. There is the question of how you do that, yeah. how respectful you are, yeah. but also I don't know how tight Michael Jackson's estate's grasp is on his legacy. I, I don't know how tight the victim's asses. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, not very after. <laughs> well, not after you was done. Yeah, right. exactly. Uh, uh, I mean, it's it's fine if you go off what Dave Chappelle said. At least the kids are going to be walking around saying, "Hey, I got my dicks up by Michael Jackson." <laughs> yeah. But this is the, like with Queen. I know Qu- they they were like, <laughs> like with Queen. I know Queen were involved in some capacity in the production of Bohemian oh, Rhapsody. Yeah, they, they we were, didn't get an accurate. Yeah. yeah, we didn't get an honest portrayal of Queen. No, in they, Bohemian they created their own myth. Yeah, that's what they yeah. did with that film. Would it be the same? And I'm, I mean this as like a question as the film we're getting and also the film that we would hypothetically get if we knew the answer. Right. Mm. Would we get an honest Michael Jackson biopic, do you think? I don't know how you really depict uh, in, in a film that's essentially going to be a an Oscar. They're making it to try and get awards. Yeah. But also hopefully, uh, you know, make money. Like Borat, basically. They're yeah. trying to do that because it is the same producers, isn't it? Yeah. I don't know how you possibly start to deal in those areas in that kind of film really it's just not the right place the only place for it is a documentary because yeah. what are you going to have like a sin- like a child walking into a bedroom like a sinister the camera just moves away for- you know how do you there's no tasteful way of doing no, this no there isn't see this is the thing so with Bo Rap it ends with the Live Aid concert yeah that, that's a, like a logical end point did I miss the meeting where we, we all just started calling it Bo Rap is this a thing Bo Rap yeah. it's literally what it's nicknamed <laughs> is it yeah. yeah oh okay there um, wasn't a meeting but you know right. Bo Rap yeah okay. um, I, just, I wasn't aware <laughs> oh sorry um, and that, that, that was like quite a logical end point for that film okay. in my opinion yeah. yeah it feels like a finale doesn't it I think in, in all honesty if I say I was doing it yeah. and we were going on early life yeah I think Thriller is the end point. I would completely agree. Because it is still, I think, I think it is officially still the best-selling album of all time. And I think you end it with that and the success that that achieves. Yeah. And that's as far as it goes. Yeah. Yes. And just don't, no text. It just ends with yeah. that. Thing is like, 
with bi- biopic or the good ones anyway yeah. it's obviously about a time in this person's life usually yeah. rather than the whole life yeah. and you have to find a kind of emotional through line of like yeah. the film is mainly about oh, so, sorry I, something just came into my head so obviously Bohemian Rhapsody is called that because it's named after one of the pop, yeah. like, popular things like Bad. Is that uh, saying? <laughs> Smooth criminal. No, 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 no. It's it, the the problem is it's the one that popped into my head is probably the less appropriate one, God. which was black or white. Right. Oh, okay. <laughs> right, okay. Uh, no, that works on two levels. That's a good. That's actually a good title. Because yeah. I because. GK films are also working on a Bee Gees film, mm-hmm. uh, and I already know, I already know that that's called Staying Alive. Oh, absolutely! <laughs> no, that's that's going to be called. My God, that's going to be. What's that um, one? Tragedy? Is that what it is? Tragedy, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I can't remember. You started talking, and then I laughed. At yes, controversy. Um, there needs to be an emotional through line. Yeah, like oh, you know, we're doing the. Um, let me think of an example. We're doing the the Elton John biopic. Mm. But the through line is kind of his addiction problems. Yes. Right? Because um, that's how that film starts. Have you seen Rocket Man? No. Okay, it starts with Taron Egerton uh, as Elton John going to like an uh, an NA meeting. And he says, you know, I'm a coke addict, an alcoholic. And he just lists off all the things that he is. That, that and sort of his sexuality out to other two, mm. you know, uh, uh, as he ascends. Yeah. Um, so you need to find that through line. So I'm guessing they're going to do like the relationship with the father and the family. Um, uh, I think relationship with the father and the family mm. is the obvious ha- the, the evolution of the Jackson Five uh, and how that that all goes about. Yeah, and the thing is, like, I if they were to address the controversy and do more of a life story, there is something thematically interesting about he's a child that is emotionally abused by his father. Yep, develops a really strange. I think whatever is true or untrue about Jackson. He had a very strange relationship with children, right? And with childhood. I think he clearly, again, ignoring what he may have done, he clearly wanted to make children's lives better. Yeah. Right? Presumably because of his own terrible one. Mm. So there's something interesting about a guy who has a terrible childhood then kind of having a perverse relationship with childhood. Yeah. And that leading to a perverted relationship with childhood. But I, I I think that's an interesting story to explore, but not if it's a real story. I, I just don't... No, it's fine. I, I would watch a film about that idea, mm. but when it's a real guy and there are real people and real victims, yeah. I don't really want to see that dramatised. Like, a documentary, yes. But there's no way of doing that. Um, no. Even though the idea inherent within it is very satisfying. Yeah. Some, in, like, a circular way, you know? Mm. Um, but not when it's real. No, when there are real victims, that it just doesn't make much sense to me to do that. No, and it's 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 the whole thing with that HBO documentary, which is you people came down on one of two sides: Mm. one of this is horrific, this clearly shows what he did, and one of those kids are bullshitting, (coughs) this is clearly untrue. Yeah, it went on one of two sides, as far Mm -hmm. as I can see. And in all honesty, you're never gonna get an end story with that. The rumors are going to go on for years. The denial is going to go on for years. Yeah, I, I can't see this being resolved. No. Yeah, I think at this point, even if yeah. we get a conclusive answer, there's still going to be people who yeah. don't believe it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, I, I, again, I, I don't really want to draw just on J- Dave Chappelle's point of view. Yeah. But the, the point of view, one of the point of view Dave Chappelle makes is, but it's Michael Jackson. Yeah. With every other person that's come out 
in some kind of controversy for like the Me Too movement or whatever. Mm-hmm. There's no one I think that counts on being quite on that scale in terms of no. celebrity. And it sounds glib, but it's true. It's it's not as easy to write off Michael Jackson as it is other people. Absolutely no. not. It's you know, and that's not trying to be dismissive or uh, again the kind of deliberately inflammatory. That's just a fact. He's a massive, massive icon in the world of pop music. Yeah. And people will find, even if it comes out that he's done the worst things imaginable, there's going to be a significant number of people that just can't let him go as an artist. No. It's all well and good when a celeb, like, you know, Jimmy Savile, for instance. It's all well and good when to dismiss him because he was kind of a novelty. He didn't contribute anything yeah. worthy. Do you know what I mean? He was just a, an entertainer, this shallow, hor- horrible thing. So it's kind of easy to go, oh, yeah, I don't have to pay attention to what he did anymore. Yeah. yeah. Not so easy with Michael Jackson. The question is, if that is the case, how yeah. would that manifest? Would it be denial? Would it be like, oh, well, he didn't do those things. You were just wrong. Yeah. Or do you think it would it would sort of kickstart a kind of like push against me too, almost? No. It's like, all right, you're not taking Michael Jackson away from us. Let's stop this now. No, I don't think that there's enough. there would be enough gall to do something like that. Okay. Where how dare you tread on this particular art? Right, we're launching a counter-offensive. It would just be, ah, oh, it's hearsay. But I'm, I'm just not going to okay. get into it. I'm right. not going to yeah. read it. I thought, yeah. Yeah, because um, you're willful ignorance. You, yeah, you can't tell me that throughout this, there are people who have gone, oh, well, I just, I can't listen to Michael Jackson anymore. No. And genuinely stuck to it. Because I'm not being that funny. Michael Jackson comes on all the yeah. fucking time wherever yeah, you are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the amount of times you'll hear Thriller somewhere. Yeah. You know, like, like whatever it is that comes on. Yeah. I mean, you know it's him instantly. Yeah. yeah. You know, he's one of the biggest artists ever. In, mm. You know, if not arguably the biggest. Like, I, I don't... Yeah, it's the Elvis, the Beatles and Michael Jackson. You know? Yeah. 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 I mean, look, this one, when, when did it go to trial? 03, 04, something like that? The big yeah, Michael it, Jackson trial. Early 2000s. Yeah. And you had all, you know, thousands of fans, like, around the courthouse and everything every day who, you know, like, pleading his innocence. Now... I'm not saying he was acquitted, obviously. Yeah. I'm not saying that had it come out that he was guilty, that they wouldn't have just crumbled. Yeah. But these people, you know, are they protesting against his? They don't know anything about anything that this, that you know that he's been accused of. They don't no. know details. It's purely we, we're a fan of this guy, so we're just gonna we're choosing to believe that he's yeah. innocent. Yeah. I mean, if you and uh, if he'd gone, if he'd been guilty, they would have continued. I my suggestions that they would have continued to believe that he was innocent. Yeah, I, I agree yeah. with you there. I mean, if you're going to look at stuff on the face of it, Michael Jackson is once the man who held a baby over the balcony. Yeah. Do we ever find out what that was about? I can't. I can't. It, it, well, that was, it was the, a new baby, wasn't it? It was someone, an innocent, like, so, someone, someone, right. he, someone he knew. Anyway, it was his baby, wasn't it? It was... Was it? I'm sure it was his baby. I thought it was a, fr- a friend of his kid. I don't know. I thought it was his baby, and that was his like meet the baby world, and like and he did a Lion King basically. But I, I, I think I, it was fucking. I can't, I can't remember to be fair. Okay, yeah. But the fact of the matter is, he's still a guy who, was in front of everyone, held a baby over the balcony of the window, and everyone was like, oh, "What the fuck's he doing?" And, and <laughs> yeah, obviously, that's like, the whole point is he's Lion King here. Yeah. But it is what. He, like that's a new baby you're holding that quite high up yeah look yeah. over a drop whatever if Michael Jackson is completely innocent of the worst things he's been accused of he's still deeply deeply suspect and immoral for putting himself in a position where he could be questioned you're letting kids sleep in your bed yeah. even if you did nothing to them even if you them, did nothing wrong like you shouldn't be in a position where you can even be questioned as far as I'm concerned no I mean Macaulay Culkin 
was one of the closest people to him for yeah. a ridiculously long time. Yeah. Now, okay, Macaulay Culkin, as far as I know, has said nothing ever happened. He, said, as... he says nothing ever happened, yeah. yeah. But that is a weird friendship. I'm sorry it is. Yeah, no, it's not okay. It's not okay. You know. You know. And the fact that, that Neverland is clearly constructed to be a child's paradise. Yes. yes. I'm not saying where there's smoke, there's fire, but there shouldn't even be smoke. And he definitely created smoke. Yeah, and he, he created a lot of smoke. Yeah. And that's not good. No. Anyway, that's that. <laughs> that yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, there's that Nicolas Cage bit of news. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, we, the most Nicolas Cage thing that yeah. you could do? The most Nicolas Cage thing since Adaptation. Yes. Uh, which was literally two Nicolas Cages. Whereas this is more Nicolas Cage section. No, there, there are two. There, there are two. A, a version of him talks is like lambasting him for his decisions. So there are two Nicolas yeah, Cages. Yeah, it, okay. it's doing. It's going to do a Gemini Man, isn't it? Yeah. Is it? it? In terms of having more than one. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, but yeah, we've already seen that with adaptation. So this is it's called yeah. the unbearable weight of massive talent. <laughs> uh, there's an involvement to do with Tarantino, isn't it? He goes up for a Tarantino. He's film desperate to get a role in a new Tarantino film. Is uh, he's also dealing with a strained relationship with his teenage daughter. He also occasionally t- talks to an egotistical 1990s version of himself who rides him for making too many crappy movies and for not being a star anymore. Um, kind of Birdman vibes from that. Yes. Yeah, yeah, well, no, I'm getting JCVD vibes, which is, um, it's a, a bank heist movie with Jean-Claude Van Damme playing himself, mm. who's called in the middle of a heist, and it just becomes this really, like, serious, he monologues about his failures as an actor and stuff right. like that, and it's really good. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, but, I mean, let's see who's directing it, because I don't think, uh, no. I don't know. But, th- but we were talking about this, like, Nicolas Cage, he makes so many films... Yeah, but like one in seven or eight is good. Just yeah. law of averages. Law of averages. So whenever, so whenever you get one or two, you know, a good Nicolas Cage from every one or two years, it's always touted as his return to form. Yes. Yeah. But no, he just makes it's like Woody Allen. He makes so many. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That are just some are really good. You know, like yeah. Joe or Mandy. I think a lot of people would uh, yeah. consider yes. really good. Which yeah, I said, we we weren't hot on Mandy. No, but I would say he's good in that. Yeah, yeah I, I'll give yeah. you Mandy. He's good in that film. Yeah, and it feels like a Cage performance as well, which adds to it. Yes, yeah. your typical Nicolas Cage performance, I should say. Um, okay, so but it, it's just. I mean, it was, I think it was the point you made, which is Nicolas Cage will make anything. I think he literally, literally to, is like yeah. do you have February free? There yeah. We go. Do you, want, do you want to do this terrible film? Does it pay? <laughs> <laughs> I need money. Because yeah. that's the thing. Yeah. Nicholas Cage, we will give you £5 million to make another film. Oh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. I think I looked it up. He was once worth something like $150 million and he spent all that money and he's now just in crippling debt because he's just buying yeah. like castles and islands. This is and, part of the film, apparently. Yeah. That's it's, why he, he makes all these films. He literally needs the money to like pay off all his debts. The Cage character is also under a mountain of debt and finds himself forced to make an appearance at the birthday party of a Mexican billionaire who happens to be a fan of Cage's work and secretly hopes to show him a script on which he's been working. <laughs> <laughs> how, yeah. much, how much uh, creative input does Cage have on this film? I don't think any. I think okay. he's just... I, that's just yeah. written by Nicolas Cage, directed by Nicolas Cage. No, no. not necessarily that. Nicolas just Cage like, I, I, Nicolas Cage. Because that feels like one of those things that happens, so you put it in a film, you know? Yeah. It's like, oh, this guy wants to show me a script, so he like bought me for his birthday party. Yeah. Mm. Well, the... Okay, so the director... Whereas if... Oh, so just, just to point out, if he'd have made some better acting choices, like, I'm not... Made being, some better financial choices. Yeah, but I'm, I'm not being funny. Like, again, not, not to want to talk about Marvel. Say he'd done a role in, like, Endgame. Robert Downey Jr. got, what, 20 million out of at least? Yeah, they, wouldn't, they wouldn't have given 20 million. <laughs> no, 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 no. But you think he's in millions of pounds of debt, so he gets at least a couple million out of a couple of those films. Maybe, but do they want him? 
Oh god! Like no. How? That's the question. How? No, um, absolutely not. He did kick ass, and that was that. That was yeah, a superhero. How movie. like wanted? For, uh, I don't know what the word is, but yeah, like how much demand is there for Nicolas Cage amongst like you know the industry? I, I, I think I, I, Ghost Rider. Uh, I was going to say use Ghost Rider as an example of a bad point in which like because that's a from like a comic book, isn't it? Or yeah, something. yeah. Ghost Rider. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a bad example of something he did in the Marvel <laughs> world. Yes. Um, but then Kick-Ass, I think he does quite a good performance in there. Yeah, right, very quickly. So the director is Tom Gornigan, who wrote and directed That Awkward Moment, which is not good. No, he, it's not. He, he created a TV series called Ghosted, which is not very good. And he uh, is a co-producer for Movie 43. Oh, wonderful. Okay. So this um, is this is just so going to be diabolical. From Nicolas Cage's new Or is this his Todd Phillips moment, where he makes something that everyone thinks is good? Well, my prediction is that it's not going to be a good film. No. That's just my... Knowing as much as we do about it, it's just not going to be right. Is it going to be a performance movie, where the film is bad, but the performance is it's good? It's going to try and be that. Okay. But it's not going to be very good. Okay. Yeah. That's all the news I have. Yeah, okay. And yeah. I've, yeah, I've gone through... There's like little things I have written down, but nothing... Really. Yeah, we can come back to it. Yeah, okay. everything's stuff we can come back to another day. Okay. I hope um, you enjoyed that anti-climax, listeners. Yeah, uh, well... Uh, we're still kind of stopped. Apologies for the weak delay in podcasts as well. For um, they're not being... Oh, yeah, again, filming. Yeah. yeah. It's just... Yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah, taking up all our time. Um, so, uh, yeah, yeah, we'll be back I, on track from this point forward. Yes. If you yeah. are still We're apologising. It's the last podcast that we should be apologising <laughs> on. The one that it was actually delayed. Um, oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, well, it's what we recorded it before, so... Yeah. Um, here's your apology. And if you are still listening, thank you for getting past Doctor Who <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and joining us for the rest of the podcast. The, the, we're going we're gonna to finish this... We're going to take this podcast into editing. We're only, like, five minutes of the Doctor Who discussion is going to get in. And they're going to be like, why are they apologising? <laughs> for Doctor Who we, were, we talked about Doctor Who for 14 hours straight um, I was going to be like did we but no, of course we didn't <laughs> if we um, start talking about it again I'm going to kill myself I think so uh, and on that yes and on, on, on that, that note, note uh, ciao 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 sayonara that was a callback it was say, say goodbye man. bye bye <laughs>